I'm okay. So this is the quote that I'm supposed to read. Yes, this is Cyrano pretending to be Christian, proclaiming his love to Roxanne. I'm proclaiming my love here. Self-evidently, <laughs> love. No, <laughs> no, and that's it. That's the whole monologue. <laughs> <Yeah. model>. That's <laughs> that's probably what I would do, and then I would run away. Love. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> um, love. I love beyond breath, beyond reason, beyond love's own power of loving. Your name is like a golden bell hung in my heart, and when I think of you, I tremble. Oh God. And the bell swings and rings. Roxanne, Roxanne, along my veins, Roxanne. Wow. <laughs> Very passionate. Yeah. The most passionate producer in the West. The most passionate <laughs> producer this side of the Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, everyone. Before we get started today, I just thought I would let you know, Rachel and I decided on this episode that we would Cyrano Jackie. So think of Rachel as Christian and me as Cyrano. Throughout the recording, I sent Rachel text messages, and Rachel read them aloud as if they were her own thoughts. We were hoping to woo Jackie. We'll see what happens. So every time you hear this sound effect, that means I just typed a message that Rachel had to say. But Jackie has no idea that we're doing this. Okay, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is the Fire the Cannon podcast. Welcome to it. This is Jackie, your host. I'm Rachel, your other host. And I'm Theo. I'm the producer. All right, everybody, listen up. We have something really important to tell you this week. I have... Wait, I, I have never heard the intro spoken so sweetly. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I'm just full of sugar. Surely our intro is not worthy of your rich, sublime voice. Me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this a Cyrano joke? I don't understand what's happening. We're just really into it. That's how I feel. You told me, you said, I'm going to eat when I'm not talking. And then you said, you introduce it. And then you keep interrupting and eating while talking as well. I'm not eating while <laughs> talking. I'm talking. And then while I'm not talking, I'm eating. That's how it goes. Okay. Why are you so suspicious of compliments, Jackie? Yeah, Jackie. Because you're obviously not complimenting me. But that's okay. Because you know what? Your voice is saturated with just the sweetest... I'm very sweet, yeah. Like Cyrano, I just love making enemies everywhere I go, and it's not going to end badly for me. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe it will. Maybe there's a little foreshadowing No, wait. Sauce. I meant the sweetest sauce. Ooh, the sweetest sauce. Like that. (laughs) Uh, You're freaking out. Is that what it's like? I still haven't finished introducing it. Do you want me to introduce the podcast? Because I love it. That was a lot of compliments to give her, (laughs) Rachel, before she even finished. I know. It's a lot of compliments. Yeah, what a weird choice of things to say. I don't understand the jokes. Okay, anyway, welcome to Fire the Cannon. We have something really important to tell you this week. We're finishing up Cyrano de Bergerac. We did uh, Acts 1 and 2 of the play last week, as well as a little bit of history about the author and the real Cyrano de Bergerac, who was a real person. This week, we're finishing up with Acts 3, 4, and 5, and no funny business. That's not true. Oh, Wait, we do have funny business, don't we? Yeah. That's like our whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're funny business. We're the funny business pod. Okay, I do have one important thing I I want to say just as a little bit of housekeeping to start off with. Oh, gosh. We have gotten our first hater. Many compliments to Jackie. I'm excited. <laughs> we got our first one-star review. Now, don't get any ideas. I don't want any more of those. But We only want one. I mean, I feel good about it. I feel like, you know, yeah, this makes us legitimate. 
That's why I'm <laughs> I'm fueling everything with hate tonight. <laughs> it's crazy that yeah, we have a one star review. I also haven't eaten in many hours and I'm <laughs> fine with that. <laughs> Theo has heard so many worse podcasts. Like he's always looking for worse podcasts. And just in terms of audio quality, there's no way that we're a one star pod. I do think that there's a lot of selection bias going on with that because it seems like he seeks podcasts that he knows are gonna be bad. And then he's like, these are bad. No. <laughs> no? No. <laughs> I always assume the best. And then I listen and I think, why did I assume that? Assume the best and hope for the worst. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> assume the best and hope that we're the best and everyone else is bad. Yeah. No. We don't want to put other podcasts down, um, especially not the ones that are worse than us. Just do better, guys. We believe in you. Just do better. Yeah. All you half-star podcasts out there, just do better. <laughs> half-star. <laughs> the problem is the one-star reviewer... He's actually just a rater. He didn't review us. That's true. So we don't know why. I'm assuming it's a man. Sorry if I'm wrong to the hater out there. I'm assuming it was an accident. Okay, sure. A man accidentally did it. Sounds good to me. I think a woman could have accidentally done it. <laughs> uh, a man did it on purpose or a woman accidentally did it. <laughs> the, wait. What? What if it's one of your hinged people? What if they found it and they were like, this guy didn't respond to me. One star. Oh, you yeah. could be hurting us with this. I do sometimes have that problem. Yeah, I mean, for some background... People on Hinge are always like, what podcast do you do? No, here, that's not a good impression of someone on Hinge. Here's someone on Hinge. What podcast do you do? Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Um, Theo put in his profile, do not contact me if you don't talk like this. <laughs> you don't talk like that. If you don't sound like a complete and total fool, I don't want to hear from you. Yeah. Like a dimwit from a cartoon from the 1930s. Yeah. yeah, like a donkey that speaks English. Yeah, I assume you have enormous teeth so big you can't even close your mouth. <laughs> yeah. People always ask me what podcasts I do, and then I tell them blah, blah, blah. But And then I tell them, I work on Serial, actually. <laughs> yeah, and then Serial gets all these reviews that are like, Theo didn't respond to me. Theo's ghosting me. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's so funny that one star is the lowest rating you can give. So they truly thought this podcast was as bad as possible. It doesn't get worse. Cannot be worse. <laughs> yeah, they could have not rated us at all, but they went out of their way to be like, this is the worst. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Like you would think like there's something redeeming about it. We could get two, but it's it's as if they're listening and every single word we say, they're like, that was the wrong word. That was the wrong word. <laughs> that was my least favorite word. I hate two female friends and a male friend talking to each other. One star. Terrible concept. That's what I told Jackie and Theo when I discovered it. If it had been three stars, then that would have hurt me because I would have been like, they thought about it and they were like, it's mid. Yeah. If this was on purpose and somebody was like, one star worst podcast imaginable, that just <laughs> makes me laugh. Because yeah, I, I imagine like, there's nothing that we could have done to make them like us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that it's a fascist who's like, how dare you speak ill of my kind in the 1984 episodes? Listen, all you fascists out there, give us one star. We want your one yeah. star. We don't want what? any five stars if you're a fascist. So now I'm going to request, if you do leave us a five-star review, uh, please put in your username, not a fascist. Or then else. Yeah. Whatever you want. No, yeah. but we do actually, if you want to bump us back up to five, go on and leave us some more. I was being legitimate about this. Like, I was so excited because I was like, this means that it's clear that we don't just have, like, a bunch of, like, people we're paying to like us. Or bots. Like, uh, you're my friend. You're my mom. You have to give me five stars. Somebody somebody was like, I hate you. And I'm like, that makes it a bit But it would have been better if it was, like, a four-star review. And then people have been like, oh, it's not just their moms. It's some strangers <laughs> who are like, we really like this, but 
Could be better. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure my mom might give us a three or four star review if she heard it. Well, don't let her. Yeah, I won't. She she won't figure it out. Don't worry. Not without my help. <laughs> that would be okay. Three or four would be okay. Not from one of our moms. <laughs> <laughs> from Jackie's mom. Um, a three from my mom would be, that would be so sad. She doesn't even <laughs> listen to any podcast and she'd still be like, this is the only podcast I've ever heard and I still. I assume this is right in the middle. <laughs> I can imagine there are lots of better podcasts than this. I don't know what a podcast is. But. Yeah. I have nothing to measure it against, but I'm pretty sure this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> what if it's just someone who doesn't like podcasts and they just browse through all the listings and give them all one star? <laughs> Shouldn't have made a podcast one star. <laughs> I hate podcasts. I'm devoting my life to reviewing podcasts. Podcast badly. Yeah, well, if you've ever read like funny Yelp reviews or something, there's so many people who will like go to a sushi restaurant and be like, I hate sushi. One star. I'm like, well, then what? I mean, how do you know they actually went to the restaurant? You don't know, but I mean. <laughs> if I see a one star review, I am basically like, you don't know what you're talking about. If I see a one star review for a restaurant, they have to say literally like, the chef spit in my food and like did the Hitler salute as I left. <laughs> and then I'd say, okay, fine, one star. But no, people are just weird. <laughs> one time, here's kind of a funny story. So I'm a big believer in, I don't even want to say over tipping because that implies that they don't deserve it. I'm a big believer in tipping um, because they deserve it and they put up with a lot of shit. And if you've ever worked in the service industry, you know this. But that means that even when people give me like straight up terrible service, I still am like, but this is your job and you and you did technically do your job. So I still should tip you a lot. So to me, it's not like saying this was phenomenal. It's just like this is what you deserve to survive. So someone once, yeah. I was at a sushi restaurant in Chapel Hill and I don't know why, but this guy was clearly just having like an awful day and you know, they give like these tiny, tiny little glasses of water that are basically like twice the size of a shot glass or something. Mm -hmm. Drink all the water. It was like a hot day. And I was like really wanting more water. <laughs> and I kept like... For context, Jackie gets really hot. <laughs> she gets overheated. Yeah. I, I'm not good with temperature differentials of any sort, really. <laughs> um, so I like really wanted some water. And um, I kept like looking around, trying to make eye contact, like that little like white person, tight lipped, closed mouth smile. Like, mm. can I have some water? I would fan myself and go, oh, thirsty. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy wouldn't come by, like just would never come back. So finally I like flagged someone else down and just said, hey, I'm so sorry. I know you're not our server, but would you mind just bringing over some water? And they were like, sure. And they go away. That person doesn't come back. The original server comes back and he like pours a bunch of water in the glass, goes, is it too spicy? And then he slams it down on the table and sloshes water all over Whoa. the food and then just like walked away. And I was like, what? I'm giving you a really big tip because clearly someone made you mad today. You must have been treated really bad. So I text. I tipped him like extra. Did you say what kind of food it was? Sushi. What? Sushi. Is it too hot for you? <laughs> I guess he thought like, oh, this is a white person who used some wasabi. She must be like dying. But what, that's still not a reason to get angry. Well, there's no reason <laughs> to get angry. Like, <laughs> Regardless, Jackie, she tips so much. It's, it's a really special quality of hers. Yeah, she's awesome. I'm not even saying that. Like it's I'm not saying it's like, oh, I'm just handing out $100 bills everywhere, girl. I'm just saying, even if you're super rude to me, I'm going to be like, oh, man, you must be having a really bad time. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That person was actually mean to you. <laughs> I know. But I just, like, felt so bad. I was like, something must have happened to him. There's no way this is just how he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. <laughs> Oh, well, Rachel doesn't tip. No, I'm just kidding. kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do. I, I have to admit it. I'm not kidding. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. God, Rachel. <laughs> she seems drunk or something. <laughs> Something's going on with me. One of us always lies, and one of us always tells the truth, and we're both Rachel. 
<laughs> That's funny. I'm not stable like Jackie. It's one of her other good qualities. Oh, I'm stable as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Stable as a table. That's what we always say. I can tell you my friend Luke's story about water. Do. Our beloved patron Luke. Our exceptional patron Luke. Okay, tell us. Uh, he, he was on a date. As opposed to our shitty patron Luke, who we hate. Yeah, mm-hmm. who we keep in the basement. <laughs> and so Luke, he was on a date. It was a first date, I think. You have a lot of stories of your friends going on bad first dates. <laughs> yeah, I guess we've been talking to them more about that recently. But he, <laughs> he was holding his water in his hand. Because he had just finished taking a sip, I guess. And then the waiter came over to refill his glass. But the waiter was trying to refill it while he was holding it over his lap. And then Luke went, no, 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 no. And like, tried to put it down on the table. But, 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 but the, the waiter just poured water directly in his lap. He could have just kept it where it was. <laughs> yeah, but no, like no, no, no. you don't do that. You don't try to fill someone's water no. when they're holding it. No. But like was the waiter just a robot? Just like sea glass fill. I have commenced <laughs> pouring function must complete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cannot stop. I have targeted the location that I should pour. <laughs> and just like you don't realize the water glass is gone. Further input not accepted. Initiation sequence commenced. Cannot back up. So, yeah, that's pretty funny. That was pretty good, but not as good as Jackie's story. Seriously? Not as good as Jackie's story? That's... No, they're both good. Okay. I, I mean, the funniest part is that, no, 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 no. <laughs> that part I might have added. What? Um, that was the best part. <laughs> Look, I, I, li- I just like Jackie's. <laughs> well, here's another one is that when I worked at a barbecue restaurant in high school, I accidentally poured sweet tea all over a baby's head. <laughs> What? I remember that story. Like a gallon, right? Like a full gallon of tea? No, I mean, I, like, yeah, I was just like, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's not quite all out Ooh, yet. Can't stop, can't stop. This can't baby's stop. too dry and not sticky enough. We call that a down south baptizing. Ah, <laughs> uh, Chris and G. Smithfields. Uh, no, I don't know what happened. I mean, I, I was just very weak. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I <laughs> wasn't strong. It's not a good excuse. <laughs> I don't know. Those pictures are heavy. You're walking around. I don't. I honestly have no explanation for what happened. I just know at one point I was pouring sweet tea, and the next thing I knew, there was a baby's head there. Hey, well, <laughs> live and you learn. What? Okay, you're on acid or something. <laughs> Some people say Jackie is even sweeter than sweet tea. Why is Rachel making fun of me, Jackie? You- <laughs> She's making fun of me. She doesn't think I'm sweet. You need to learn how to accept a compliment, I think. Yeah, Jackie. She's saying I'm sweet because I poured a drink on a baby. (laughs) (laughs) You're sweet in other ways. Yeah, that's not the way. Nobody says you're sweet because of that. (laughs) Let me tell you who's sweet, that baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (sighs) I don't really need to tell any restaurant stories right now. But don't worry, audience. In the future, I will. We've we've got a ton of them. Yeah. And we have yeah. got some book to go through. Right. We do. Okay. Yeah, I have some really good ones. But now's not the time. Here we go. <laughs> Let's jump into our literature for this week. Woo! Act three. So, Theo, do you remember where we left our characters last time? At the end of act two. Yeah, what was going on? <laughs> um, Do you remember so, their names? Do you remember what was up with them? So Christian, yes, he has beautiful curly hair, and 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 he's who Roxanne likes. Roxanne mm-hmm. is maybe the most beautiful person anyone has ever met. True. Yeah. 
Other than Jackie. Other than, and she's also the sweetest. <laughs> Other than Jackie. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Christian just hadn't met me is the thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, also, you know, Roxanne hadn't seen your curls <laughs> way better than yeah. Christian's. Me? Yeah. Yeah. On my head? Yeah. I don't have any right now, but yeah. <laughs> oh. Um. Oops. <laughs> but my brain, my brain is even curlier. <laughs> <laughs> you got a freaking curly brain. Um, okay. Yeah. So anyway, so Roxanne likes Christian from afar, but she doesn't know that he's a total fool. Right. Meanwhile, her cousin Cyrano is in love with her. And so <laughs> she told him to tell Christian to write a letter to her. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's true. Um, as weird as it sounds. So now it seems like there's this setup where Cyrano is going to write lovely things to Roxanne and Christian is going to deliver the letters if he wrote them. And so we're going to get this sort of puppet master sort of vibe going. Wait, can you tell people a little bit more about Cyrano? You just said that he's Roxanne's cousin. Yeah, so other than the fact that he's related to Roxanne, he has a big nose. Mm -hmm. If anyone mentions it, he gets really riled up. He says, and then he goes at them. But he is also very witty. He can write a poem while dueling someone and still beat them in the duel. He can come up with 30 different ways for someone to insult his nose. Mm -hmm. He's just a genius, basically. Yeah. Jackie would date him. Rachel would date him. I wouldn't. <laughs> he's a really good fighter. Yeah. Also. He only goes for the, you know, he's the shallow type. Right. Me? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't date him because of his big nose. No, Theo said the reason he wouldn't date him is because... Of the violence. If he dated someone who, yeah, who was always getting into fights, it would just really mess up his schedule. But yeah. yeah, he didn't say because it's wrong. He said, I think that would really disrupt my routine right. if I had someone who was constantly murdering. <laughs> but if you would like to uh, hear a little bit more about why Cyrano is just so freaking cool, go back and listen to our first episode if you haven't. All right. So on to act three. Trois. We've done act one and two in episode one, and we're going to do acts three, four, and five. Yes. Did we forget act two? No. We didn't. We covered it in the previous episode. Why? What oh. is with Rachel? What have you? What have you imbibed? What are you on? Help! I don't know. Maybe I should do this. Look, you want me to take the lead, Rachel? There's something you need to know. Did, did, you, did you get into the gummies? The personality that you've fallen in love with throughout this entire intro to the episode it wasn't me it was theo he was telling me what to say the whole time oh, that's why it's so weird <laughs> and bad because we realized that my looks and his words equal the perfect co-host <laughs> yeah i've been sending rachel messages in the chat to try to woo you jackie but uh you weren't falling for it wait are you serious yeah, yeah. <laughs> every time he would tell me something nice to say you were like Wow, that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, how dare you? So that's why I decided we needed to call it off because I think it was making you more angry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like literally just compliment after compliment. And you were just like, why is Rachel being so rude to me? Because it's weird. <laughs> I can't believe that. That's really funny. Yeah. Oh, well. I literally, I was like, what is wrong with Rachel? Is she high? Is she having a stroke? Like, what is going on? And if you had said all those same things, I would have thought nothing of it. <laughs> Wait, really? You didn't figure it out that we were Cyrano-ing no. you? No. 
No, I thought you were high. <laughs> no. Oh man. Or I thought you were I thought you were just making fun of me for some reason. <laughs> what would be the reason? I have no idea. Okay, I guess the problem is that you my personality's already established with you, unlike Christians with Roxanne's. Oh right. Yeah. We should have gotten a different person. Well, also, your tone of voice tended to be like, yeah, Jackie's so sweet. And I was like, what is going on? So sweet. Well, well, yeah, Rachel was kind of laughing while she was saying the things, which I guess sounds I like she's making funny. And then, yeah, I truly got very confused to the point that I almost got upset, but I decided to just let it go. Just roll with it. Yeah. It's a good life lesson for you. Uh-huh. I was starting to mess with Rachel. The last thing I tried to get her to say was, wait, did we forget Act 2? I thought that was a genuine question from you. She switched it up to yes. Oh, really? I thought that was you actually asking us. So that's why I was like, that's too stupid for you to make me say it. That I assumed it was your opinion. That's the point at which I was like, what the fuck, Rachel? You've said that so many times. That was your thought process? What? That's what it was? That was too stupid for something you to say, believably. So it must be something I'm saying. (laughs) Truly, yeah. (laughs) Did you tell her to say something is going on with me? Uh, No. No. (laughs) Yeah. She was just trying to play it off. (laughs) It does sound like something Theo would make me say. (laughs) I was trying to get you to guess it, Jackie. I would have never have guessed it. That's why I was like, why would I say these things? (laughs) That's why I thought you were being mean to me. Because I was like, wow, why would I say that? Why would I say you're sweet, huh? Huh? No, the emphasis was on why would I say these things? Not why would I say these things about Jackie. I, I don't know. All right. Wait, which pairing do you think would have been the best? What, should it no, have that been... was the best. That, there's no better way <laughs> to do that. Because Rachel probably would have caught on. And I don't think Theo would have caught on, but I also don't think it would have been as funny. So Rachel getting the words from Theo, that's the best combination. I thought about it in my heart. I thought about it for probably like two hours. I'm like, which one of them? Because I was like, I can't tell both of them. I have to pick one. <laughs> Oh, this was your idea? Yeah. Yeah, that was her idea. And I also thought if I if I get Theo to do it, he'll be more engaged with the book. <laughs> well, now I can clock out. <laughs> we already did my bit. No. <laughs> He's always trying to clock out. Always trying to clock out. But little does he know we're not paying him, so he doesn't matter how much overtime he logs. Right. All right. Third act, Roxanne's kiss opens on the house of Roxanne. And weirdly. Yeah, weirdly. <laughs> yeah. There's a house across the street from it, and at the rise of the curtain, the duenna, who is, like, Roxanne's, like, assistant woman, is standing outside, and and Ragano is there. And he's crying, and he's telling the duenna, my wife ran off with the musketeer, and and I decided there was nothing for me to do but hang myself, so he did. And then, oh and then Cyrano de Bergerac came along and cut him down and said, all right. You lost your pastry shop. Your wife ran off with the musketeer. He was giving too many pastries away to the poet. So now you see why I said they were taking advantage of him. He couldn't even keep his shop because he had no money. Well, he said that the problem was that his wife gave free pastries away to all the soldiers, and he was giving them to all the poets. So between the two of them, I guess it would have been okay if just one of them was doing that. But since both of them were doing it, yeah, they're out of business. That's basically everyone in France, right? Well, he says, Lise left the soldiers 
and I love the poets. I thought he was saying Lise was having affairs with the soldiers and I was feeding them. I, thi- I think uh. she was also giving them free pastries, I think. She was giving them a few things, yeah. Pastries of the culinary kind and the— Pastries of the bod. Sensual kind. Yeah, yeah. pastries of the bod. There's our <laughs> title. Done. Um, so he's crying and saying, like, you know, I just—I was ruined. I had nothing. I decided to hang myself. And Cyrano saved me. And he said, you're going to be the steward to my cousin. So now Ragano is working for Roxanne, like, as a servant in her house. And they're supposed to be going to, um, like, a performance of something. A, a discussion group. A psychocolloquy. What is a psychocolloquy? A brainy chat, yeah. I think. And it's about the tender passion. <laughs> <laughs> so Cyrano comes along. He's singing. And he's got these two people in tow who are um, – what is a theorbos? Do you know, Rachel? Some kind of instrument? Just some kind of instrument, Yeah. Theo, you should know. Do you know Theo? A theorbo? Yeah. It's this instrument with a really long neck. It's like a lute. It's like a renaissance instrument. Well, that makes sense because we're in the late renaissance. So they come along with these instruments and Cyrano, and Cyrano's like, hey, I won a bet with DeSusi, who if you remember from the first episode, DeSusi was his possible love interest in real life and then also his sworn enemy later. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, so he named somebody after him. Or Edmund Rossan named someone after him in this play. He said, hey, I want to bet from DeSusi. We were debating about grammar. Obviously, I was right. Mm-hmm. So, But he wagered me a day of music. And so he has his own private orchestra. And he says, I really liked him at first, but now they're really annoying. Yeah, also they're not very good. Yeah. So when Cyrano walks in with them, he's like, uh, sorry, that's the wrong note. Play it like this. And the guy tries and Cyrano's like, no, just give me that thing. Oh, no. So he, yeah. he's like giving them music lessons and they're just not particularly great. So he says, okay, well, uh, you guys go play a song for Montfleury. Who's the actor he didn't like in the first scene? And he tells him, go go to Montfleury and play a really out-of-tune song and don't stop. <laughs> so they go. <laughs> so Roxanne comes in, and she's just, like, gushing about Christian. She's like, he's so brilliant. He's so beautiful. I love him so much. Cyrano's like, do you find him smart? And she's like, yeah, even <gasps> smarter than you. <gasps> what? <laughs> yeah. He's like, does he— speak well and she's like oh yes he speaks the best better than anybody and it's like does he write well oh yes yes he does so he like his letters are winning her like completely she is loving it yeah so she she reads some of the poetry that Cyrano wrote to Cyrano and he makes fun of it Yeah, so she's just talking about how great they are, and he's like, hmm, interesting. Kind of embarrassing if you ask me. Not that great after all. And she's like, you're jealous because mm-hmm. he's even better than you. Wow. Yeah, but he gets a little scared when she says jealous because he's like, wait, she she doesn't know I'm in. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, oh, okay, just jealous of the poetry. Why would I be jealous uh, right. of him? So now Degish comes up. Degish is the powerful guy who was um, – He's married and he's in love with Roxanne and he's gross. Cyrano had compared him to like whenever he looks at Roxanne, it's like a, yeah, like a nasty slug crawling on a cute flower. Um, So Degish comes and the duenna is like, Cyrano, get out of here. He doesn't like you. And he might get the wrong idea. He might get the wrong idea. And Roxanne's like, yeah, he's in love with me and he's really powerful. So, you know, I don't have any interest in him, but I kind of have to, like, just keep him somewhat placated. So Cyrano's like, fine, I'll leave. Well, they make they tell him actually to hide inside the house because they say if he sees you leaving from this direction, he might get suspicious. Yeah, so you have to, yeah, go and hide. So he hides. Degish comes up and says to Roxanne, I came to say farewell. 
And she's like, oh, you're leaving? And he's like, yep, I'm leaving to go to the front. So at this time, France is at war with Spain, and they're going to the siege of Arras. How do you say that, Rachel? I guess. Does it matter? Arras. Arras? Something, okay, something like, that. like that. And she's a little scared because, of course, like, you know, she's thinking, well, if the army's going to go to this battle, then that's going to lose me, you know, Christian. So she gets a little startled, and De Guiche is like, oh, are you upset? So he is a nobleman. He's a, basically the equivalent of a count. Mm-hmm. And he tells her, I have a few pieces of news. The first is that I have been made a colonel in the army, which is surprising. And I am in charge of this particular regiment. Mm -hmm. And the regiment, one of the smaller groups of the regiment is the guards. And he says, we're going to go fight in the war. And I'm, I'm sending out all the assignments. Mm -hmm. So he not only, it's not just like all of them are going He's in charge of them, and he's deciding if who's going. So Christian isn't necessarily going. This guy decides. The guy doesn't have any suspicions about Christian yet, yeah. like Christian and Roxanne, and she doesn't want him to get them. Okay. She doesn't want him to get them, yeah. So he says to her, um, I became the colonel of the, like, in control of the guards, and now she's surprised, and she's like, oh, the guards? Because that's what Christian and Cyrano are both in. Mm-hmm. It says the stage directions say in parentheses, suffocating. Roxanne, are you sure the guards are ordered? And he's like, yep, under my command, I told him to go. Mm-hmm. And then she like completely freaks out and is like, you know, what's happening? And De Guiche is delighted. And he's like, oh, my gosh, you're so upset that I'm leaving and that I, and that we're going to war. Like, you must really care <laughs> for me. And she's like, uh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Definitely. Hey, um, so is it possible that you are trying to seek revenge on my cousin because you don't like him? And De Guiche says, uh, why do you care about it? And Roxanne is like, no, I don't care about him. It's very funny, actually. You get to see how smart and clever Roxanne is. Yeah, she's truly very smart. So do you want to, like, read the dialogue, Rachel, with he goes about everywhere nowadays? Yeah. Do you who? Which one are you going to be? Okay, I'll be De Guiche. Here, Jackie's De Guiche. I'm Roxanne. De Guiche says to Roxanne about Cyrano. He goes a- about everywhere nowadays with one of the cadets. Uh, cadets. De Nuve, 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 something like that. A tall man. A uh, blonde. Rosy cheeks. Handsome. Pooh. And a fool. So he appears. <laughs> but Cyrano, what will you do to him? Order him into danger? He loves that. I know what I should do. What? Leave him here with his cadets while all the regiment goes on to glory. That would torture him. To sit all through the war with folded arms. I know his nature. If you hate that man, strike at his self-esteem. Yeah, so she at first acts like, well, I don't really care what happens to Cyrano, but, you know, if you really want to hurt him, I know the absolute best way would be to keep him safe from the war and make him sit here and not get killed. (laughs) So he's like, oh, my God, that's so dastardly. Only a woman would think of something (laughs) evil like that. So (laughs) curly-brained. And he's like, "Mm, I bet it's a sign of love because you're trying to help me, you know, hurt my enemy. And she's like, well, maybe it is. And who knows? Who knows? So then he kind of loses control of himself a little bit. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so in love with you. Like, I'm supposed to leave tonight. I've got the best idea. (laughs) I have a great idea. Listen, instead of me leaving tonight, how about I'm going to go hang out with some nuns in a convent? Right. Monks. Okay, I hear convent. He has a powerful cousin, like a cousin who has a high position in the church. So he's like, my cousin will arrange this. I'm going to go to a monastery and hide and you'll join me tonight and we'll have sex. 
Yeah, he says, I'm going to come to you with a mask on, like a masquerade mask. He's smooth. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's not that smooth. Wait a second. You don't want your cousin to die? We should have sex now. Hold on. We've got to have sex. Yeah. (laughs) So Roxanne's like, oh, no, no, no. But like you're you're the war. Like, you know, you have a duty. You should really go do those things. And he's like, no, I don't care anymore. She pretends to break down and she's like, oh, fine. Just go. Just leave me. I can't. I can't deal with this. She basically, she tells him, well, you know, I think that soldiers are really hot. Like, if you don't go, I'm going to find it extremely unappealing. But if you do go tonight, it'll be so attractive to me. Mm. So here comes the duenna, and she's like, do not tell Cyrano any of this because he'll never forgive me if he knew that, like, I kept him from going to war. So she calls him. Cyrano comes, and he's like, hey, uh, we're going across the the street to, you know, do this little— So Roxanne— she expects that Christian's going to come visit while she's across the street, like, at this little talk. And she tells her duenna, hey, you know, if he shows up, just have him wait till I come back. So then Cyrano's like, oh, you're going to meet up with Christian, eh? You always plan what you're going to talk about, right? And she's like, yeah, I do. And he said, okay, well, what's your plan? She's like, well, don't tell him because I don't want him to have any time to prepare. I want him to speak freely and extemporaneously from his heart. He's like, I'm not going to tell him what to say. Don't worry. <laughs> and she says, okay, well, look, I'm going to. Like, I can't wait to hear him improvise. Like, it's going to be great. He's so brilliant. Right. And he's like, she says, uh, I'm going to have him improvise on the topic of love. <laughs> and don't tell him ahead of time because then I know he could, you know, he'd prepare a little speech. Yeah. So then Roxanne and the Duana leave and Cyrano's like, Christian, get your butt over here. We have some work to do. (laughs) You have to memorize exactly every single thing that I say or else she's going to be so mad. And Christian's like, no, I'm done with this. Yeah. Christian's like, no, I, I, you, you got me this far. Like I need to like do this myself now. Like I love her. She loves me. I can totally handle this. I'll speak from the heart. It'll be fine. And Christian and Cyrano's like, I don't know. Yeah, so Cyrano is like, speak for yourself, sir, and then turns his back, basically. So Christian goes to Roxanne and is just like, I love you. And she's like, okay, okay, good. What else? And he's like, I love you. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> yes, okay, how do you love me? And he's like, a lot. Like, it's terrible. He he does a very bad job at it. I can't believe it's already broken down, this whole charade. Well, hasn't really broken down. It really has. <laughs> the one he's still not able to talk to her. Well, she doesn't know it was a charade yet. <laughs> it's just, yeah, Christian, it didn't it didn't really help him. So he says, "I love you." And she's like, "Yes, speak to me about love. I love you." Okay, now be eloquent. I love you have your theme, improvise, rhapsodize. I love you <laughs> so. Okay, and then, "Oh, uh I would be happy if you loved me too." Roxanne, say that you love me. Wow. She said, I asked for cream and you are giving me milk and water. Tell me a little how you love me. And he's like, very much. (laughs) (laughs) And she gets so angry. She's like, look, I'm so pissed off that you spoke so badly that it's basically to me as though you had suddenly become ugly. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Gosh, I don't know if I would want to be with someone who suddenly like tests me on how well I speak. She's been testing him the whole time. Like he knows that's what she's into. She so this was um sort of a satire on a particular there's like a type of person, I think at the time that Rostand was writing where they were like 
particularly uh, flamboyantly romantic. Mm. And they would say, you know, all we care about is poetry and this and that. And it needs to be like, it's all about the mind and speaking eloquently. So Roxanne is sort of a parody of that type of person. Mm. She she could be nicer to him, but I do feel like if that's been the whole substance of your relationship so far and then you show up in person and suddenly you can't do it anymore, I think it would be I, I weird. Think would be a little bit like, yeah. As evidenced from Jackie. In this episode. That was weird. Yeah, that was weird. (laughs) Well, I feel like the way I would have done it is I would have just had a normal conversation and then hoped he started talking about love. Really? You wouldn't have gone up and been like, here's a theme. Talk (laughs) about love. Improvise on the theme. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to need a variation on this theme right now. Here, compose it. I could do that. Yeah. You could do that. I mean, that's as easy for you as it would be for the person she thought Christian was. Yeah, but, but I if still you wouldn't... made a big deal about being a composer and then you showed up and you like couldn't do anything with music, I'd be like, what is this? Yeah, what the heck? What is this milk and water nonsense? Yeah. She gets really angry and like and she pushes him away and slams the door in his face. And then Cyrano shows up and he's like, Congratulations on your success doing things on your own, pal. He steps out. I'm imagining him just slow cappling and he's like so, sorry, say that again. I'm imagining him slow clapping. Yes, slow cappling. <laughs> Not helping. Not crappling. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, in real life, if I were Roxanne, I would think that was adorable. I'd be like, aw. You're different people. See? Because I'm not a character in a play. Sometimes when you say stupid things, it's not embarrassing. It's just cute. Yeah, I think most of the time it's cute. Who are you saying that to? Me? (laughs) I I think he's saying it to himself. (laughs) Uh, Tell your story. (laughs) Are you going to tell your story? (laughs) What story? He's He's referencing a particular thing that he did that's very funny. Come on, tell it. Tell it. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but on the (laughs) podcast, you might hear me every once in a while go, really? Really? Like that? <laughs> like that, even. Like I'm a little child, and, and you've, you've made my day. Really? Uh-huh. Well, I, 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 I feel like I'm sort of in a habit of doing that, and I said it at one really embarrassing moment uh, a few months ago. Go on. Gulp. Uh-huh. I, I called a girl to ask her on a date, and I said, do you want to go on a date? And then she said, yes. And then I said, really? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what happened with this? I never heard anything about this. He was too embarrassed to bring it up, I guess. I don't know. He just mentioned it to me recently. Well, what happened? They went on the date. Uh, okay. And he asked me what would I think, and I was like, if I didn't know the person very well and they asked me that, I would think, like, this person has unappealingly low self-esteem. Why did they ask me out if they are so shocked that I would want to do it? Whereas I feel like if, if someone asked me out and then said, really? I would be like, Oh, that's just a funny thing they accidentally said. That's because you do that. <laughs> just a funny thing they're in the habit of saying on their podcast. You wouldn't think, oh, that's really cute. They're really excited. If it was someone I didn't know very well, no, I wouldn't think they're really excited. I would be like, why are you saying really? What? Yeah, really. You just asked me and I said yes. What? <laughs> Wait, so th- no, this is how it would go with Rachel. Do you want to go on a date? Yeah. Really? Well, no, not anymore. Uh, yeah, no, not anymore. <laughs> you missed your chance with me. Oh, God. If you think that I am, like, if you think you're not good enough to go on a date with me, I probably am going to start thinking that, too. That's how it is. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know if that really indicates that. Really? Really? It depends. I told you. Like, I know you well enough to know that it's just a weird verbal tick. Yeah. That's why it, it's, like, weird when you say it. In response to something I said that I thought was cool, I'm like, oh, this doesn't mean anything. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like when he says, wow. <sighs> Gotta say something. Wow. <sighs> <sighs> You're going to make someone a terrible husband someday, Theo. <laughs> <laughs> really? 
The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you say that? Is what I because you you've decided like there are points in a conversation with a woman where I have to say something, but I don't want to think about it, so I'll come up with a couple stock words and just insert them. Well, I don't think I just say really to anything. I mean, I I just said it when when you said that about I would make a bad husband or whatever. I guess I was saying really as in. Please clarify. Uh, <laughs> but sometimes you use it as filler. I'm just saying, if I was dating someone and when I talked to him, he would just not pay attention and be like, wow, really? Wow. I would yeah, get annoyed. Yeah, no, I hate that. I'd hate that. <laughs> uh, do you think it would have been worse if you had responded with, wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah wow. wow. What an insight. <laughs> that would've, wow would have been better. I think then I would have been like, oh, now you're being a dick. Like, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> like fake surprised. Like, of course. Well, I don't want to go out with you. I was just checking. <laughs> Do you want to go on a date? Oh, well, I wasn't saying I wanted to. Just wanted to know if you Do did. Do you want to go out with me? Really? Because, like, it's obvious I would never ask you. Ew. So why would you even want to do that? <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Oh, no. Okay, well, keep going. So anyway, so Christian, he sees that Roxanne is in her room because she's, like, turned the light on and it's become twilight. And he's like, Cyrano, please help me. Cyrano's like, fuck you, man. And he's like, please, come on. And Cyrano thinks, okay, fine. He says, I'll help you. Don't twist my arm. Yeah, so he tells Christian, so I'm going to hide under the balcony and you stand like slightly in front. So you'll be at an angle and I'm going to whisper things to you and you're going to say them. And he's like, well, isn't she going to hear you whispering? And he says, look, I can't. There's nothing else we can do. This is it. I think he said something like, oh, you know, my musicians are playing. So that'll cover up some of it or whatever. This is like the most famous scene, right? If you see like art from this, it's usually this particular scene, which, you know, makes sense. Very picturesque. So he tells Christian, throw some rocks at the window. So he does. She comes out and Cyrano. <laughs> Glass break. She's like, what the fuck, Christian? Yeah, I hate you even more now. <laughs> So he tells Christian what to say, and he's saying these wonderful things, but of course, you know, he's waiting a minute for Cyrano to say things. So he'll say like five words, pause, say some more words. And so Roxanne's like, why are you speaking so haltingly? Like, why aren't you speaking as smoothly as usual? So at this point, it's nighttime, and Cyrano like pushes Christian out of the way and he stands under there because he's like, she won't be able to tell ah. that it's me actually talking. Yeah. So he he kind of disguises his voice. He speaks in like a deeper voice, which I guess Christian has a deeper voice. And he tells Roxanne, like, this is how I feel. And in fact, I don't know if you notice this, Jackie, but I feel like he gives the game away because doesn't he say something like, I remember this happened a year ago last May. Yeah, he said something like well, well before she and Christian met and somehow she still didn't notice anything. Maybe she thought Christian was in town and was looking at me, but I didn't notice him yet. That's romantic. <laughs> That's romantic. Someone spying on someone else. Yeah. That was great dialogue. I couldn't write dialogue that good. And Cyrano, as he's saying all these things to Roxanne, is getting like more and more carried away and more and more just like brought over the top by his own emotions. So he's not just like whispering things for Christian anymore. Now he's like talking directly to her. So he's like lowering his voice to try to sound more like Christian. And she's like, what is going on? Like, your voice sounds a little different. And he's like, it's because I'm finally speaking the truth. <laughs> but he still pretends to be Christian. I feel like that could be really good comedy, having one actor try to impersonate another actor. Well, I was thinking, like, this whole play is basically a game of telephone Pictionary that could go really wrong. <laughs> well, I guess not Pictionary, just telephone, just regular telephone. <laughs> but, but just think about, like, what if the person who was cast in the role of Christian was 
Bob Dylan. And then you have to try to imitate his voice <laughs> doing the whole thing. You know what I mean? Me like if he that. had a crazy voice, like this is, uh, you know. Whoa, oh, I God, love wait, beyond name? breath. <laughs> I tell this moment, you've never heard my own heart speaking. What if it was like, what's the guy's name? James Earl Jones? That's a guy. Like that's the guy with like the famous deep voice, right? <laughs> yeah. And you have to replicate that. And then you had to come in and be like, God, I have to try to sound like this guy. <laughs> I think that would be so good. In the yeah. And you like the way you would act it is you would like try a few times you would be like love I love like you would keep trying to go lower or something that'd be so good (laughs) man Rachel's got a deep voice we love love in all of its form (laughs) the part that I was saying that he kind of gave it away was that he said I remember last year the first of May a little before noon you had your hair drawn low that one time only is that strange Mm -hmm. you know how after looking at the sun one sees red suns everywhere so for hours after the flood of sunshine that you are my eyes are blinded by your burning hair so maybe she was so impressed by the sentiment that she didn't notice that it was something from pre-Christian. <laughs> Pre-Christian. It was a uh, before Connor, yeah. yeah BC yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, but oh my gosh, it's just so good poetry. Like read read some of your faves. So what does what does he say? Wait, go, um, going back to me. Yes? Going back to me being. Uh, <laughs> Let's, wait, 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 wait. Before you talk about love poems, can we go back to me? Go going back. What was it? I was the most passionate producer. The most passionate in, producer in the West. In the West. You know how I live in Texas? Yeah. Yeah. What if you found out, one of you visited Texas, and then you found out everyone was talking about me, and they're referring to me as the Lone Star Lover. Oh, and, what? And you found Doesn't that, that out. mean like, isn't that like a masturbation joke Like a one-star review of a lover? <laughs> or yeah. I don't know. Lone Star is a Texas thing. You, like you saw that that tweet that was like, it turns out the one star on Texas's flag is actually a review. Oh, <laughs> shit. That's what the Lone Star Lover would be. That would be funny if people called you the Lone Star Lover, because we would wonder is this supposed to be a compliment like he sleeps with everyone in texas or (laughs) is there a five-star lover out there (laughs) or he just loves texas a lot or he's the only guy who loves the stars that's what it is the lone star lover oh yeah yeah well she says why is your voice different and he says you have never heard till now my own heart speaking there's just uh, they're all so good you gotta pick a couple girl this is a really sweet sentiment right he says dear you may take my happiness to make you happier even though you never know i gave it to you only let me hear sometimes all alone the distant laughter of your joy do you begin to understand a little can you feel my soul there in the darkness breathe on you oh but tonight now i dare say these things i to you and you hear them it is too much having uh now let me die having lived it is my voice mine my own that makes you tremble there in the green gloom above me for you do tremble as a blossom among the leaves ah and she's like yeah yeah keep going i love this and he's like i wonder what death is like now that I've done everything, I can die happy. I don't need anything else. He's done everything? He confessed his love to Roxanne. Yeah, with his own voice. And she heard it and she responded positively, even though she doesn't know it's him. Yeah, so he's ready to die now. Mm-hmm. I think there are other things he could do, but yeah. he doesn't think so. Well, that's one op- just one option, you know? Um, yeah. So then Christian pops up while they're having this, like, really passionate moment. And Christian says— one kiss. And Sierra's like, Christian. Give me a kiss, girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. She's like, what? 
And he's like, just kiss me one time. Just like one time, please. Come on, just one kiss. Kiss kiss me once, please. One kiss. How freaky do you think it would be if at any point she started to think, there are two guys down there. Well, they, they argue. He's saying like, come on, just kiss me once. And Cyrano says like, shut up, Christian. And no. she's like, why, are you, why did you tell yourself to shut up? And he's like, oh, because I just got way too caught up with myself and I had to calm myself down. But could I have a kiss though? I say that all the time. Shut up, Theo. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Shut up, Theo. You aren't the Lone Star lover. It's pretty funny. He says to uh, he says to Roxanne, pretending to be Christian, he's like, uh, I ask you to refuse to kiss me. <laughs> he's like, I'm going too far. That's why I'm telling myself to be quiet. But so, uh, yeah. so the priest shows up. He's a capuchin, which... I don't really know much about orders of priests. Do you, Jackie? It's a kind of, it's a monkey. A monk. A monkey. It's a type. Of, okay, here we go. They're a type of friar, the ones who wear like the brown robes with the white rope belt and have the bald heads and stuff. Those, I guess those would be capuchin friars. I mean, I don't know any other kind of friar. If you say friar, that's exactly what I picture. So now you can picture him though. So the guy comes up and he's like, hey, I have a letter. It's for Madeleine Robin, which is Roxanne's name. And Cyrano's like, she lives that way. And they point him in the wrong, the wrong direction. The priest is like, oh my gosh, thanks. I'm going to say so many prayers for you tonight. I appreciate it. You guys are so, so kind. And I felt bad for him. Uh-huh. But so Christian and Cyrano start to argue more about like whether she's going to kiss them him or not. (laughs) So Cyrano just says some more stuff. He has like a really famous line where he says, and what is a kiss when all is done? A promise given under seal, a vow taken before the shrine of memory, a signature acknowledged, a rosy dot over the eye of loving. And then he says some more and some more and some more. I think he's decided, yeah, I'm going to convince her to kiss you because he finally is like, okay, Christian. He's like, I got what I wanted. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, let me push you all the way up to the balcony so that you can kiss the woman I'm in love with, which Christian, how could you not tell that that Cyrano is in love with her (laughs) at this point? Yeah, right. It's so obvious now. How can you not? Right. And also, what is she going to think when he floats up by himself to kiss her? It's like, <laughs> wings of love. <laughs> There's got to be somebody else down there. While they're kissing, Cyrano's muttering to himself, and he's like, ugh, listen, they're feasting over there, and I'm freaking Lazarus, but at least I got one good thing, which is that I was able to speak my own words to win her love, even though it's not mine. But she's kissing my words on your lips, bro. That's sad. Like, yeah. that's creepy to mutter that while your friend is making out with your cousin right over there. <laughs> yeah. You know what you're tasting right now? That's me. That's my words. I did that. Do you think she's thinking that Christian is a ventriloquist at that point because she's hearing more talking, and it's but it, she's kissing him at that same time? <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's doing the Christian voice. That's probably her dream man is a man who can talk while they kiss. <laughs> or a man who can talk while they talk. Imagine all the poems he could say. Oh, Whoa. wow. That would be amazing. Double poems. <laughs> yeah. So they hear Double. the— There's a Led Zeppelin song that goes like, And when she walks, she walks. And when she talks, she talks. And I'm just thinking, like, taking that literally. Like, she's walking while she's walking. She's really busy. Very so, efficient. okay, so the priest comes back, and he's like, Hang on, you sent me in the wrong direction. This is Madeline Robin's house. And Cyrano's like, No, you said Madeline Rodan. And he's like, No, 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 I didn't. It has a B. <laughs> 
And he's like, oh, sorry, sorry, I misheard you. He thinks the priest is coming and he acts like he's showing up out of nowhere. And he says to, he like hollers up like, hey, uh, Roxanne, do you have Christian up there? Come down, a guy's coming. <laughs> Christian comes down and now Cyrano has a reason to be there and everybody knows why he's there. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. So the the friar says, here, I I have something, a letter from someone, and I have to deliver it to you. And Roxanne is like— A really powerful man. Yeah. Roxanne's like, oh, my God, it's from Dagish. And Christian's like, how could he he dare to do this? And she's like, well, don't worry, because by the time he learns that I'm in love with you, he'll leave me all alone. So she opens it, and she reads it privately to herself. And it says—I guess in the the play, she's, like, reading it quietly, and the others aren't hearing. But it says, the regiment is getting ready to march to the, the front. I remained here secretly. I disobeyed. I decided not to go, even though you told me to. Time for us to have sex, like my original plan. He said, I'll be there soon. Don't tell the friar that gave you this letter anything about this. But uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you. Can't wait for our sex. It's going to be great. Bye. Can't wait to do the sex, Roxanne. Um, (laughs) And don't tell my wife either. And then she says, oh, here, let me read it out loud so you all can hear it. And she reads something totally different. Yeah. Yeah. So now she's super smart because she's improvising this. And she says, oh, here's what the letter says. Yeah. I love Christian. He's going to be a great husband for you. So I sent you this friar so that you guys can get married right here, right now. So uh, time to get married. He says, I know you don't want to marry him, but Mm -hmm. the cardinal has decided that you really need to. So listen, even though I know you don't want to, he's a great guy, and this awesome priest is going to marry the two of you. And the priest is like, wait a second, you don't want to marry him? He's really hot. (laughs) And she looks at the letter and is like, oh, P.S., donate this amount of money in my name to the monastery. And the friar's like, okay, sure, yeah. Oh, okay, no questions. Let's get these two married. (laughs) And Roxanna's like, oh, no, this is terrible. We have to get married. (laughs) Oh, oops. (laughs) Well, and so they do get married, and um, it happens right there in the house. The problem is it takes 15 minutes. And they know that Dagish is on his way soon. So she tells Cyrano. Well, she knows because she knows that yeah. he, his real message was, I'm coming to have sex with you right now. And she tells Cyrano, hey, Dagish is coming. I need you to stall for 15 minutes. Like, keep him out until we're married. And then he, because he wants to have sex with me. And he's like, okay. So he's waiting outside. And I know as soon as we're married, that is going to go away. That won't happen. So Dagish shows up. Cyrano is like, I don't want him to know that it's me. Because if he knows it's me trying to stop him from going in, he's going to want to go in. So basically, he covers his face with his hat. He puts it, he puts his mask on. Yeah. And then he holds on to like a branch and then uses it to spring himself into the air and then falls onto Dagish. And Gish is like, what the hell? Where did you just come from? <laughs> this and- is, what a weird idea. Like, I get that he's a genius and he's coming up with stuff on the fly. But, like, who would think incoming? And then he just flies through the air and lands on this guy. And Dagish is like, holy shit, where did you come from? And Cyrano's like, I came from the moon. And then this whole thing happens where he's really, really infuriating Dagish, but also somehow like captivating him with this weird story. What he does is, so he tries to get him interested by being like, oh, look, I've got stardust on my cloak and blah, blah, blah. Dagish finally- Yeah, look, I'm from the moon. Yeah, so he like pushes past him and is like, I'm going in there. And- Finally, Cyrano is like getting ready to yank him back, but he has an idea and he says, you know, I had come up with six ways to get to the moon 
And for some reason, Degish is like, hmm, six ways, you say? Tell me the ways. <laughs> so Cyrano lists off these ways, and each time he lists one, he like backs up a little to draw Degish further away from the house. Do you want to say what a couple of the ways are, Jackie? Yeah. So Degish thinks he's drunk, and he's like, God, this guy's so annoying. And so he he's like kind of not paying attention at first. He's like, oh, yeah, six ways. Okay, whatever. And he's like looking around and trying to figure out how to get around him. So Sierra says, yeah, well, here's the first way. So I stripped naked and then I adorned myself with little vials filled with dew. And then as the sun rose, the dew evaporated and I rose up. And Degish is like, okay, sure, whatever. And then Cyrano is like, well, then the next thing I did was that I heated up air with a bunch of mirrors and I placed that air in a chest and then then I got up that way. This time he says, okay, well, that's two. And Cyrano's like, okay, the other way is that um, I constructed a rocket shaped like a big bug. A grasshopper. Yeah, a locust. And then I uh, lit it on fire and it, and it leapt up. And so now Degish is like getting interested and he's like starting to count on his fingers. And he's like, okay, okay, that was three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. Did you get very far? That kind of thing. This is like uh, the origin of BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the listicles. Six ways to get to the moon in the 1500s. <laughs> you'll never yeah, believe You'll never five. believe number four. Ah, I went with number five. Ah, oh, Theo. <laughs> <laughs> well, number five is pretty funny. He says, I sat on an iron plate. I threw a magnet in the air so that the iron would rise up, and then I catch the magnet and throw it again and just keep throwing and keep throwing, <laughs> so I keep rising up. Wow. <laughs> that works, right? <laughs> That's fast. Yeah, he also, like, he comes up with everything. Like, the goddess of the moon... He says she fills her horn with the marrow of bulls and goats. So I would just put goat marrow on myself. And for some reason that passes. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, Degish is like, well, okay, but which one did you use? Which of the six? And he says, none of them. A seventh. And now Degish is like, wow, whoa, uh, another way? How's that? And he says, I laid on the, on the sand by the ocean and the full moon was there. And since I had water in my hair, the moonbeams took me up and I rose up effortlessly. And he's like, and then, and Degisha's like, and then, and Serena's like, and then, and then he looks at his watch and he's like, oh, time's up. They're married. Gotcha. He changes his voice back to Serena's voice, tips his hat back up, and he's like, ha ha. <laughs> gotcha. And now he knows that he was talking with Serena the whole time and he's like, oh my God. Right. And Degish is like, wow, okay, my compliments to you. Like, you really played me. But tell me more about the moon. <laughs> yeah, let's get back to the moon <laughs> business. I'm the lone moon lover. <laughs> yeah, so Roxanne and Christian now come out with the friar, and he's like, let me, Cierna's like, let me introduce to you the happy married couple. Degish looks at them and says, well, that's great. Um, tell your husband farewell, because now we are going to war, and I'm taking both of them with me. And Roxanne's like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> How did you not know that was going to happen? I know. She should have been like, I just got married and I won't say who. He's gone now. <laughs> One thing that's funny is that Degish looks at Cyrano and is like, ha, now they're not going to get to consummate their marriage. And Cyrano has an aside and he says, yes, you know, that just, somehow that doesn't bother me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I hate that. <laughs> oh, man. Poor Cyrano. <laughs> but wow. so they're leaving out. They're they're running off and, you know, Roxanne is chasing after them and she's telling Cyrano, like, look after him. Don't let him do anything dangerous. And Cyrano, every time she says this, she's like, don't let him do anything dangerous. Make him be careful. Keep him dry and warm. Make sure he remains faithful to me. And each time Cyrano's like, I'm, I'll try, I'll try. And then she says, make him write to me every single day. And he stops walking and says, that I promise. 
And then that's the end of Act Three. Oh, mm-hmm. he's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> so sweet. I've never written to someone every single day. You've texted someone every day. You kind of write to us every day. <laughs> yeah, just to tell you that I'm proud of you. <laughs> now here's the question: Which of us is which of those three? <laughs> oh, uh, I called Dagish. No. <laughs> Who are the three? Dagish, the Duenna, and Ragano. That's the three main characters of this play. Jackie wants to be Ragano. Raggedy Ragano. Raggedy Ragano. Wait, who are the three? Roxanne, Christian, and Cyrano. Oh, Roxanne. (laughs) Well, let's see. Who's the most beautiful, smartest woman in the world? (laughs) Theo. Too bad. (laughs) Might be Theo. (laughs) I was going to say, too bad we weren't continuing our little thing, or I would have had to be like, it's Jackie. Jackie's the one. No, then I would have typed Theo. (laughs) (laughs) Or Theo could have made you say something else. Yeah. He would have said, Theo, it's Theo. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, so we're in Act 4. I think Act 3 was probably the longest one, but it was hilarious. Like, very funny, right? I loved Act Three, mm-hmm. and now get ready to suffer. It's funny, but it's also, oh yeah, we're gonna suffer. It's all suffering from here on out. I do think the part where Roxanne keeps saying, "Oh, he's a better poet than you are, mm-hmm. Cyrano." That's interesting. You think she knows? No. Well, no. I I think it's that's like the thing you always wonder when you're like, if like I didn't have my name on this, if someone else's name on this, how would people look at it? You know what I mean? Yeah. One time I. So there's a composer named Ligeti, and he has a violin concerto. <laughs> Ligeti. Hot Ligeti Dam. <laughs> I'm not saying his first name because I don't totally know how to pronounce it. But Are you sure you know how to pronounce his last name? Ligeti. Yeah. <laughs> and um, don't make a joke like Ligeti's nuts or whatever. I'm not interested. Whoa. If you Ligeti's nuts, I break at your face. <laughs> if you Ligeti's nuts, I break at your face. I'm so tired of people licking my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> One more person does this. Look, I'm going to put my nuts right there within licking range, and you have to control yourself. <laughs> yeah. I'm here to do two things, have unlicked nuts and break some faces, and I'm all out of unlicked nuts. <laughs> <laughs> There's a very legitimate business reason my nuts are going to be right there. Control yourself. All right, continue. Here's a violin concerto, and there's something called a cadenza in a concerto where the soloist plays by themselves, right? And, and sometimes people write their own cadenzas, whatever. And I wrote a cadenza for this piece that my friend played, uh, and he he played the cadenza. And then after the concert, I, it was actually kind of a mean trick. I probably shouldn't have done this. You do a I lot up, of mean tricks. But this was bad. Like I went up to one of the composition professors, and I said, did you like the cadenza? And he said, yeah, I thought it was great. It was really interesting. And I said, oh, I wrote it. And then he said... Yeah, I didn't think it really sounded like Ligeti. I thought it sounded like someone else wrote it. Wait, that's a mean trick you played? Sounds like a mean thing he said. He said, yeah. I was kind of setting him up for like something to go wrong. You know what I mean? Like, but wait, it, I think it's normal. If I had written a piece, I think it would be normal for me to go up to my professor and say, did you like my piece? I don't think that was a... A mean trick from you. But I knew that he didn't know I wrote it. Even so. Yeah, that's why you were asking. It'd be weird if you knew that. I don't know. Even so. He was the mean one. So basically he said, oh yeah, I liked it. And then when you said, well, it was me that wrote it. I he was like, like yeah, it. I thought it sucked. It was like out of, out of the style. <laughs> yeah, and, and I saw, it was so funny. Like I saw it, like it was like a reflexive reaction. I saw him just something slightly changed on his face. And then he just said that, that it was not in the right style. So you think that was his real opinion? Like he told the truth? Because usually it's the opposite. 
opposite. Usually people will be like, oh, it I. It seems like he doesn't have a real opinion. His <laughs> yeah. opinion is too influenced by whether he thinks Ligeti was involved. Yeah. I don't yeah. give a fuck about Ligeti. He was a great composer. I know, but I don't know anything about him. Like, if I hear a piece and you tell me Theo wrote it, I'm going to like it more. I don't know. Ligeti was a really great composer. But not so good that if you find out a piece you thought was his was Theo's, you should like it less. <laughs> so Act 4 opens... And we see the cadets of Carbon de Casteljalou. They're at the siege of Arras in Spain. Yep. And they are not, Theo, like, typical. We've all been there. Seen it a million times. <laughs> been there, siege that. <laughs> yeah. So they're surrounded by the Spaniards. They don't have food or water. They're not able to sleep because they're, like, kept up all night by the drum beats and everything. So Labrette is hanging out with Captain Carbon. One morning, it's super, super early, and they're talking about the soldiers, and it's very, very cute. The captain, every time someone comes up, he's like, shh, my boys, my boys are sleeping. We have to let my boys sleep. Like, don't wake my little boys. <laughs> Everybody's starving, but while they're asleep, they're not hungry anymore. So, like, do not wake them up. So, anyway, it's it's really cute. He clearly cares about them a lot. And they hear some gunfire, and they're kind of like, ooh, I hope Cyrano's okay. And then Cyrano runs up, and it turns out that Every day, to keep his promise to Roxanne, he has had to cross enemy lines multiple times before the sun is up. He, like, goes every single night to post these letters so that she can get them. Wow. And Cyrano, I know, and Cyrano- What a good bro. He is seriously OP. So Cyrano looks at Christian, who's asleep, and he's like, wow, this dude is dying of hunger, but he is still hot as hell. Mm. So anyway, of course, the captain's like, shh, 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 don't wake up my boys. Don't wake the boys. So anyway, <laughs> dawn breaks, and the drums are sounding, and Cyrano's like, aha, a new day, a new letter. So he goes to write a letter, and there's like, you know, a little scene at the camp where all the cadets wake up, and they, you know, they're cursing, they're complaining about how hungry they are. And some of them are kind of muttering about a mutiny. So oh, no. the captain is like, Cyrano, you've got to help me, friend. You're always the best at this. So Cyrano goes outside and he's like, I'm going to talk to the cadets. And he finds a piper and he's like, you're a country lad. You're from Provence. Play some country music. And he plays it and they're starting to tear up and be homesick. <laughs> I know the power of music. Wow. Right, Theo? The power of country music. Power of country. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think the song was that he made him play? Probably some Blake Shelton. Maybe the classics, some Rascal Flats, early 2000s. <laughs> no, what, when was this? This would be like 1500s? Uh, yeah, I think so. Probably some like Lomar May bullshit. You think so? A country song? A country air. Anyway, so they're like starting to tear up and the captain is like, why are you doing this? They're going to lose all their morale. And Cyrano's like, no, 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 they're not going to lose their morale. Just wait a second. And then he gives this speech about, hey, listen up, boys. Some of them are like, my belly is as hollow as a drum. And he's like, well, beat a march on that belly of yours. And someone else says, my teeth are growing rusty. And Cyrano's like, oh, just sharpen them. <laughs> so anyway, so it does work. They do forget their hunger. But unfortunately, De Guiche shows up and everyone seriously hates De Guiche because they're like, oh, look at him. He's got all that lace. He's supposed to be a Gascon. I don't think so. Like, he's just some nobleman. He's not even hungry. He eats all the time. He sucks. Like, he's not even fighting. He's terrible. And Cyrano's like, hey, while he's walking up, what we need to do is quit looking sad and start acting like we're having a great time. So all of the soldiers, like, they get out their dice and their card games and they try to act really cheerful and they're all laughing loudly and cracking jokes when De Guiche shows up. He's like, 
ho, 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 listen to this cool thing I did yesterday. I almost got captured and then I had a smart idea. I have this white plume, which Theo, you might recognize this word as panache. Okay. Okay, so remember that. A white plume, the word for white plume is panache. Okay. So it has some connotations, just like we would think of the word today. So he's like, I took my white plume and I flung it into the dirt so no one could tell that I was an officer, and then I was able to escape. And Cyrano tells him, well, a truly brave man would never fling away his panache, and in fact, I'll wear it. I'm going to offer to wear it in the next round of fighting just to prove it. And de Guiche tells him, well, you're saying that because you know that it's like on the Spaniard's side of the battlefield and there's no way for us to get it. And then Cyrano's like, is that so? And he reaches into his pocket and pulls out the white plume. No way. Yes. Yes way. That guy's got some panache. What do you think? Pretty cool, right? Uh, yeah. De Guiche is pissed. So he grabs the the plume and he waves it as at a sentry who starts running towards the Spaniards. And he's like, guess what? That guy's like a double agent who kind of works for me. And I just gave him a signal and it means the Spanish are going to come here and attack all of you and kill all of you in about an hour. So the reason they're doing this is because like we're trying to trick them. We need most of our army to be in one position to like break the line. So we're drawing them over just to attack you guys. And they're going to think that there's, you know, the full army here, but it's just a few of you. Time for you to die. That's mean. I know. It's all because. Because he loves Roxanne? Yeah, and because I guess he's embarrassed that Cyrano found his panache. So anyway, Cyrano is like, he's like, okay, well, thank you for the opportunity to die in glory. Wow. Christian tells Cyrano, look, I I just wish that I could say a farewell to Roxanne. And Cyrano says, ta-da, I already wrote her a farewell letter from you. Mm. (laughs) So Christian, he says, well, let me read it. And he looks at it and he says, hang on a second. This looks like a tear mark. I thought you don't cry at all. What's this tear mark doing? Were you crying? I feel like maybe you're in love. And Cyrano says, no, 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 no. I was just like, you know how poets be? We just like, we get caught up in the moment and we're so passionate. I was just feeling it, you know? That's why. Mm. Christian's like, oh, okay, 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 whatever. But then all of a sudden, a mysterious coach pulls up and they're like, what the heck? Who could this be? Can you guess? Jack the Ripper. It's Jack the Ripper. It's not even the right time period. Or country. Or country, yeah. But so the the coach opens and... It's Roxanne. It actually is Roxanne, yeah. The Ripper. Yeah, so um, Captain Carbone de Casteljalou is like, hello everyone, here's Roxanne. And she says, and look who my coachman is. It's Ragano himself. Oh. And they're like, how did you get here, girl? And she said, well, look, no insult to the French, but Spaniards are the greatest gentlemen on earth. Mm. So basically. These are the six methods I use to get here. <laughs> yeah. I covered myself in goat's marrow and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> But no, so she's like, every time they stopped me, I would just smile at them. And a lot of times they would smile back and wave me on. But if they stopped me and asked where I was going, I was just like, I have a lover. And they would be like, ah, well, go on ahead, senorita. And they would bow to me and wave me on. Mm. And she also reveals, not only am I here myself to perk everyone up, we have hidden food all over the coach. 
So they're like this whole thing is basically made of food. It's made <sighs> out of food, yeah. Like a gingerbread house, but a coach. Like stuffed in the pillows, there are turkeys. There the handle of the whip that Ragano is holding is like a long sausage mm-hmm. and then tucked into the lanterns on the coach that it's like filled with candy. It's just everything. She's like the witch from Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. <laughs> she is. She's like, tear the cushions apart. They're full of pastries. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah we love Roxanne. Wait, wait, wait. But how is she going to get home? She doesn't expect to, I guess. Uber. Yeah, Uber. Uber. I mean, the wheels aren't made out of food, just like pillows and stuff. They could be. But I also don't think she's expecting to come home. Yeah. Could be. Because they're like, lady, you got to get out of here. Like, we're about to get attacked and killed in an hour, Dagish told us. And she's like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to die with you. What? Are you serious? I'm not leaving. Yeah. Because she's so in love with Christian? Yeah, partially. Yeah, basically. And she tells them, she's like, I'm going to stay with you guys. And at one point, Cyrano says, ah, the lady we thought was an intellectual is a heroine as well because she's, you know, she'd rather stay than abandon them. Yeah. At one point, like one of the cadets that she's fed has like just kind of breaks down in tears and he's just like, I just can't. You're so you're just so nice. (laughs) You've just been so nice to us. And she's like, don't cry. Just enjoy the food. It's fine. Like you're going to die soon. Eat while you can. Yeah, it'll be great. It's pretty funny. She's doing it because she's in love with Christian, but it seems like she's also just like... In love with humanity. She's yeah. in love with humanity, yeah. She just wants to cheer these guys up. She's a nice person. And she loves her Gascon, you know, Kinsey. Yeah. She brings joy to the world. She really does. She's like Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you say that because... Santa Claus makes me furious. <laughs> <laughs> when Deguiche walked into this scene, the first thing he said was, ho, ho, ho. I was thinking, no, I said, oh, ho, ho. Uh, Not ho, ho, ho. Oh, okay. <laughs> It seemed odd to me that Santa was playing the part of Degish. Ho, ho, ho. Guess what I've brought you? An entire Spanish army to murder you all. You've been very naughty this year. <laughs> I should have said, oh, ho, ho. That's what Santa says in France. Oh, ho, ho. French Santa. Yeah. <laughs> I see some wee little garçons that are on the naughty list. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I don't like French Santa. Why does he smoke so much? He's <laughs> always cheating on Mrs. Claus. <laughs> We know these are just stereotypes. Not all French people do this. All right? Great. They're true. Huh? Saint Cossette. That's what I'm about. What'd you say? Saint Cossette. Saint Cossette. It's from five to seven. Oh. (laughs) Five to seven. That's the period where all French people cheat on their spouses, and it's totally fine. I don't know about that. (laughs) That's the time of day? Yeah. It's like apparently a thing. I don't think it's a thing for them all. I don't think that's like a nationwide (laughs) free cheat period. (laughs) No, it's required. You have to. (laughs) We must observe this every day. So anyway, so Dagish is coming back and everyone's like, oh, fuck Dagish. We're going to hide the food so he can't have any. So they start to hide it all. And then he shows up and he sees that Roxanne is there. I started to feel sad for Dagish. Well, you'll be fine. So he sees Roxanne is there and he's like, get out of here. The Spaniards are going to come kill everyone because I told them to. (laughs) She's like, no, I'm staying. So then he says, "Okay, well, if you're staying, I will also stay and fight. So the men, they all cheer and they're like, he's a Gascon after all. And they take the food out and they're like, join us, join us. He's like, no, I'm not going to take your food. And they're like, whoa, even better. We love this guy mm-hmm. now. Yeah, he's really proving himself multiple times yeah. over. Wow. Even though he is the reason they're all going to die. I mean, the, basically he says like, this had to be done anyway. Like, I'm not making you die just because I'm petty, but this actually is the best thing for France and I'm petty. <laughs> so I guess it's fine. And he wasn't planning on staying with them, but now that he's offering to stay and die with they're them, like, oh, okay, I okay. think they're like, okay, 
Well, he's walking the walk, he's talking the talk, he's talking while he walks, and he's walking while he talks. We love to see it. <laughs> yeah. When he walks, he walks. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So Roxanne is like, okay, I'm going to talk to Christian. And Cyrano quickly pulls Christian over and says, hey, by the way, if you're talking about letters, don't be surprised if you've written more letters than you thought. And Christian's <laughs> like, three or four a week? And he says, a little more. And he's like, every day? And Cyrano says, yeah. He's like, how, how have you been delivering them? And he said, well, every night after the Spaniards drink themselves to sleep, I sneak across the lines and mail them. And that's when Christian is like, you're okay. You're totally in love with Roxanne. Like, stop trying to pretend otherwise. Call me crazy. But I think maybe you're in love with her. I'm calling it like I see it. So Christian, he sees Roxanne and he's like, this part's pretty sad too. He says, why have you done this? Why are you risking your own life just to see me? She says, your letters were just so beautiful. No one could receive love letters like this and not go crazy and run off to the front lines to see you. And, you know, when I first saw you, please forgive me, but I, I only loved you for your looks. And I'm sure for someone, you know, with as great an intellect as you have, you get that all the time and it's probably repulsive to you. But now that I've gotten all these letters, I, I don't even care about your looks. All I love is your soul, like the soul that I've been, Whoa. you know, getting these letters from. Bad choice of words. And he's he is like upset. <laughs> Poor Christians, he's devastated because he's like, oh, man, like, she's not in love with me at all. Like, she thinks she is. She says to Christian, I would love you just as much even if you were ugly. And he's like, ugly? And she says, yeah, yeah. ugly. Oh, wow. And he's really sad. Mm -hmm. He's like, I I really want you to love me for my looks. And she's like, ha, 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 no way. He said, no, seriously, like, please, could you just love me for my looks? She's like, nope. Just your soul. I mean, how how long did he think he could keep that up? Though? I guess that he was hoping she would love him for like a blend of looks and soul. Yeah. yeah. And I think maybe he was hoping like as he gets more comfortable, he'll be able to just like talk to her like a normal person. Oh. But I don't think he like counted on her being like this into intellect, like this serious about it. Yeah. I could see myself making that mistake. He's also not actually really stupid. He like his insults to Cyrano were really funny and pretty clever at the beginning, thrusting the nose everywhere. Mm -hmm. But like you said, when he's talking to a woman, he's just tongue tied. He just can't handle it. So I think Jackie's right. He was hoping he would be more comfortable eventually. And she said she referenced the Odyssey. She was like, "Come on, like, do you think if if Ulysses had?" Um, written these letters to Penelope, Penelope would have just sat home weaving. No, she would have gotten up and gone and found him. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like as though it's Penelope's fault. For <laughs> yeah, that's what she says. It's Well, it's Ulysses' fault for not, you know, being so smooth with it. Dang. Okay. So he tells Roxanne, can you go talk to the cadets and smile at them and let them introduce themselves because they're about to die? And she's like, awesome, love to. So anyway, Christian, while Roxanne is talking to the cadets, Christian runs to Cyrano and he's like, she's not in love with me anymore. Like, not at all. None of her is in love with me. She said the only thing she loves is my soul. And that means she's in love with you. And I think you're in love with her secretly. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and Cyrano's like, uh, well, I mean, she's my cousin. And he's like, no, I mean, more than a cousin. More than a mere cousin. <laughs> <laughs> 
But can you tell Cyrano is pretty excited about this? No, he's like, no, she doesn't. She loves you, bro. He's like, you need to look at me right now. Oh. She told me she would love me even if I were ugly. Even if I was ugly. And then ugly. Cyrano's like, oh my gosh, maybe she does love me. <laughs> this is my chance. <laughs> yeah. So Christian is like, you need to go tell her right now. And then I'm tired of this charade. Like, yeah, tell her the truth. Let her choose. Yeah, she can pick. If she if you think she really loves me, then she'll pick me. But if she loves you, then she needs to be with you. Like, let's just stop this whole it's thing. It's very funny because Christian, I mean, you can tell that there, this is my one quibble with the play, basically, is I don't think there was enough time spent showing the friendship between these two guys building up. Yeah, it was only one act, only one scene, really. It's clearly like a, a strong friendship because Christian says to Cyrano, well, Shall I ruin your happiness because I have a cursed pretty face? That's not fair. And Cyrano says, and I'm to ruin yours because I happen to be born with the power to say what you feel. Wow. So the two of them are like, look, mm-hmm. it's not fair. Whereas before her. She's got to love both of us or none of us. <laughs> yeah. Christian says, tell her I'm tired of being my own rival. Our secret marriage is fraudulent. It can be annulled. And he says, I want her love for the poor the poor fool I am or not at all. Wow. And then he says, go tell her. And Serena's like, okay, it's going to be you. And Christian's like, yeah, God, I hope so. So he turns around and he's like, hey, Roxanne, come here. Serena's like, no, 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 no. Serena has important news for you. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Serena's got something to tell you. He, She's going to feel betrayed by both of them. We'll see. So Serena, like Christian says, I'm going to go stand on the other side of the outpost. You stay here and talk to her. So Roxanne, she comes up and Cyrano says, is it true that you said you could love Christian even if he were ugly? And she says, yeah, that's true. I don't even care about his looks at all. Is it true that you said even if he's your cousin? Yeah, because I heard that you said that or you thought it maybe. He's like, okay, what if you were hideous? She's like, yeah. And he says, disfigured? Yeah. Grotesque? Yeah. To me, I love him so much. He could never be grotesque to me. But so he's like, he's so excited. And then all of a sudden they hear some gunfire and Labrette's like, Cyrano, come over here. And then he whispers something and Cyrano says to himself, well, now I can never tell Roxanne my feelings. And some men come to the camp and they're carrying something like wrapped in cloth. No. And yeah. Freshly baked cookies. Yeah. <laughs> More hams. <laughs> yeah. So he, but so before he confirms anything, he tells Roxanne, like he always had a great soul. I mean, has, has. And she's like, wait, why'd you say had? Oh no. And they run over and they see that it's Christian and he's dying. Cyrano leans close to him and Christian says like, what happened? What's going on? And Cyrano says, I told her, I told her everything. She said, it's you. She picked you anyway. And then Christian dies. Yeah. And meanwhile, Roxanne is like trying to band, like wash his wounds and bandage him up. So she doesn't hear them talking, but Christian mm-hmm. gets to die very happily. So he tells him a nice, a nice little yeah. lie. So while Roxanne is like crying, she finds next to his heart and like stained with blood, the love letter that Cyrano wrote, like the goodbye letter. And she f- picks it up and then passes out. And Cyrano's like, Ragano, you and Dagish, take her away. The captain shows up. He's been wounded. And he's like, 
look, the French army's here. If we can keep holding out for just like a little bit longer, we might be able to win. And Cyrano says, hey, you know, I have two deaths to avenge now, Christians and my own. So I'll be fighting better than ever. And then he like charges charges into battle. And there is a wonderful ending to this scene. Like so, so good. Do you want to, you do the Cyrano part. Okay, Jackie. Okay. The cadets are fighting the Spaniards and you hear a voice from a Spanish officer and he says, who are these men who are so fond of death? Cyrano stands up. There's bullets raining down all around him. And he says, the cadets of Gascoigne, the defenders of Carbon de Casteljaloux, free fighters, free lovers, free spenders, the cadets of Gascoigne. And then like the and fighting just, noises. You hear this like dying up. down. Yeah. yeah. And the rest of it is lost in the noise. Yep. So nice Ugh. little callback. So that's the end of act four. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think we're going to have a good ending for our boy? Um, no, this is sad. Let's just keep going. It's so sad. I'm asking Theo. <laughs> the last act is like him when he's much older and he's saying, It's 15 oh, years later. Those were the days. When your grandmother and I. Yeah, it's like How I Met Your Mother. You know that great show that everybody loves and everyone should love because it's so funny. <laughs> well, things really got started when that other guy died. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. So the fifth act is called Cyrano's Gazette. And yes, it takes place 15 years later. So the last thing that we see happen is he charges into this battle full of glory, like shouting about the Gascoigne defenders. And now it's 15 years later. 1655. And 1655, great year. We are in a park in the convent of the Ladies of the Cross in Paris. And mm-hmm. we see some nuns talking, and <laughs> they're talking about Cyrano. That means he's alive. They say, like, he's awesome. He's so funny. He always makes us laugh and cheers us up. And, you know, wow, he's been coming here every week for 10 years, right? And the head nun is like, mm-hmm. it's been more than 10 years. Oh, no. He's been coming here ever since his cousin Roxanne joined us after her husband died. Oh, no. It says nobody else is ever to ever able to make her smile like he can. He's so much fun, but I don't think he's a really good Catholic, though. And they're like, yeah, 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 someday we're going to convert him. So um, apparently every time that he comes, every Saturday, he goes to visit Roxanne and he tells the nuns like, hey, sister, I ate meat yesterday, meaning like on Friday, which yeah. is the day Catholics are not supposed to eat meat. But the the head nun says, you know, a lot of the time, like, I think he's joking about that because the last time he said that he hadn't had any food for two days. Right. And the little right. nun is like, what? Why not? Doesn't he have friends that can help him? What's going on? And she's like, he's really poor. He's just been making enemies his whole life and he has no money. And, mm-hmm. you know, his friends would like to help him, but he's too proud. He won't let anyone. So, yeah, he's not doing so well. They heard that from Labrette. So now De Guiche is coming and they're like, man, De Guiche hasn't been here for a long time. Yeah. Old De Guiche is still alive. Sheesh. He's still alive, too. They come down and he's like, oh, man, like, you're so hot. I can't believe you've been sitting in this this convent for over 10 years like you're wasting all your beauty he and roxanne enter walking arm in arm it's not just a geish walking in and then saying you guys are all hot yeah like they're friends now so they're friends now they yeah they seem like ever since he i don't know stayed to almost die and realized she's a nun and she's really not into you he's kind of let go the idea of hooking up with her. So they're friends now. Yeah, he has. And she says, and he says, are you still faithful? She's like, yep, I am. And he says, have you forgiven me? And then she doesn't really answer that question. She just kind of looks up at the cross and is like, well, I'm here. I'm in this convent. Yeah. And so they talk a little bit about Christian and it's like, yeah, she says, I've always had this letter, this last letter that he wrote. I hang it here 
you know, in my dress and I bring it with me everywhere. Um, and then Dagish is like, what about, uh, what about Cyrano? You ever see him? And she's like, yeah, he comes every week. And what he does is he tells me. Oh, Labrette's also here. So there's three of them. The Holy Gang's all here. Yeah, Labrette is the one who's like, Dagish is like, how's Cyrano doing? Labrette's like, uh, he's like very hungry and super poor. Dagish says, ah, he's fine. And and Roxanne says something interesting, which is, so Dagish is like, man, that's crazy. He's been dead for so long and you still love him. And she says, sometimes I think he has not altogether died. His love flows all around me living. Oh, interesting. Yep. It's pretty interesting. You hear, you hear all kinds of stuff. We find out, too, that uh, Dagish has basically always been jealous of Cyrano. He tells Labrette, you shouldn't pity Cyrano. And Cyrano... It's kind of confusing, but so he tells Labrette, don't pity your friend, even though he's poor and like alone. And Labrette says, my Lord Marshall, kind of he's the point is that he's reminding him that, you know, it's easy for Dagish to say because he's come so far in the world. Mm-hmm. And Dagish says, well, seriously, he lives his life his own way. Thought, word and deed all free. And Labrette's like, OK, my Lord Duke. And he's like, sure. I have everything and he has nothing, but I would be the one proud to shake his hand. You know, if you have everything in life and it's all been given to you, it it kind of poisons it. And you wonder, this is everything? Like, I don't deserve any of this. (laughs) Why was it given to me? Yeah, so he's pretty serious about that. And then Roxanne's like, yeah, whatever, that's nice for you to say. And then he says, oh, hang on, um... Would you please pardon us? He asks Roxanne to go away, and he goes up to Labrette and quietly says to them, you know, he's been making a lot of enemies, and the other day I overheard someone say, this man Cyrano might die accidentally sometime soon. And Labrette's like, okay, thanks for that information. And Dagish is like, no, really, like, keep him safe because somebody might be trying to kill him soon. Try to keep him in his house as much as possible right now because I think that someone's going to try to assassinate him. Yeah, Ragno runs in. And Dagish is, like, talking to Roxanne. Ragano tells Labrette, hey, while Cyrano was walking under a window, some servants pushed a giant pile of wood out the window and onto his head and broke his skull. And he's, like, almost dead. He's all bandaged up in his bed. Mm -hmm. But if he tries to even lift his head, he's probably going to die. So Labrette and Ragano are like, oh, fuck. And they run off to try to stop him from getting up, I guess. And they didn't tell Roxanne. They were like, "Uh, she doesn't need to know yet. So they run away. And Roxanne is like, what happened? Like, he must have had really bad news. I don't understand. Oh, well. And she sits down and she's like, huh. Well, Cyrano's a little late. That's weird. I'm going to wait for Cyrano as usual. (laughs) He's never been late before. That's strange. Wonder what's going on. Yeah, something came up. But so then a nun comes and she says, oh, here's your visitor. It's Cyrano. And she's like oh, cool, man, you're finally here. Like, that took you a while. Like, after 14 years, you're finally late for the very first time. And Cyrano sits down to talk with her, and he's, like, looking awful. He's, like, incredibly pale. He's got a hat on, so Roxanne, at this point, can't tell what's happened to him. And he proceeds to, like, kind of try to go into his normal, you know, speaking to her. So he brings her, like, the news of the world every Saturday. And she's like, all right, tell me what's going on. She also, she asks him, why were you late? And he said, I had an unexpected visit from an old friend. And I told the friend, I have an appointment. So he has to come back later. She's like, well, tell the friend that I'm going to keep you until nightfall. And he's like, no, sorry. I think I'm going to have to see him well before then. It's death. Death is the friend. Well, he doesn't say, but we know, and Roxanne doesn't know. I know, but it's we cool know. cool irony. Yeah, it'd be weird if at this point he was like, 
friend, Roxanne, that friend, it's the Grim Reaper. Yeah. <laughs> what does he mean by an old friend? I mean, he's been killing people his whole life. His friends have been killed in front of him. Oh. He's been putting himself in danger. He's constantly, like, parlaying with death. And now he's like, I have to go meet that friend. It's time. Yeah, so he's acting pretty serious. And Roxanne says, hey, you know, you got to tease the little nuns like usual. So he tells the nun who earlier, Sister Marth, who was, like, saying he's not a very good Catholic. He tells her, hey— Tonight, I'm going to let you pray for my soul as much as you want. And she can tell he's not looking well, but he kind of waves her off and she says, well, I didn't need your permission. I've already been doing that. And then she leaves. Mm -hmm. And so now Roxanne's like, tell me what's been going on this week. (laughs) Okay. So Cyrano's talking. He's explaining what's been happening all week. And while he's talking, he's like getting fainter and fainter. And then he passes out. And Roxanne runs to his side and she's like, oh, no. And he says, oh, hey, don't worry about me. It's just my old wound that's causing me pain. And she touches her heart and says, you know, the one I got at the siege of Eros. She touches her heart and she says, well, we all have our old wounds. And he says, oh, do you still have Christian's letter? Yeah, he says, oh, you know, do you still have that letter? You you promised me that someday you'd let me read it. So apparently she's never let Sierra look at it. She's like, really? You you want to see it? And he's like, yeah, today I, I really want to see it. She's worried. Yeah. So she says, well, it's covered in blood and tears, so it's kind of hard to read. But sure, I guess you can read it. So he takes it out, and he's reading from the letter, and it's getting darker and darker and darker. And then <laughs> Roxanne at one point is like, Wow, you're reading this so well with a lot of feeling. Man, you're reading that really well. Oh, he's reading it out loud. Yeah. He's reading it out loud. And eventually it's so dark that there's no way he could possibly be reading the words, but yet he's still saying the words. And she's like, wait a second. That's a cool trick on his part. Yeah, really a cool trick. How are you doing that? So smooth. You should try this in your dating life, Theo. Like, wait till you're just about to die. (laughs) Yeah, so, and now that it's dark and (laughs) she can't see him either, he's he's continuing to, you know, say what the letter says. And she's like, hold on, that voice. I recognize your voice. I recognize that voice. For some reason, I can only recognize it in the darkness. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, I remember hearing that a long time ago. And he's reading the letter and it's really sad. So it says, um, farewell, Roxanne, because today I die. I know that it will be today, my own dearly beloved, and my heart still so heavy with love I have not told, and I die without telling you. No more shall my eyes drink the sight of you like wine. Never more with a look that is a kiss follow the sweet grace of you. I remember now the way you have of pushing back a lock of hair with one hand from your forehead, and my heart cries out, and keeps crying, farewell, my dear, my dearest, my own heart's own, my own treasure, my love. I am never away from you. Even now, I shall not leave you. In another world, I shall be still that one who loves you, loves you beyond measure. And um, yeah, it's pretty sad. Really sad. Yeah. So she's like, it was you. It was you all along. And he's like, no, they go no, back no, no, and no. forth. No, he, no, no. She's like, you're the one who loves me. And he says, no, it was Christian. She's like, it's you. He's like, no, I don't love you. And she's like, why or she says no even today you love me and he yells like no and she says why so great a no and then he says no my own dear love i love you not and she's like why were you quiet for so long like you've been here this whole time like you knew these were your tears and he says well the blood was his yeah. oh. true she's like well why are you why are you breaking your silence today why is this the day that you finally tell me and all of a sudden, Labrette and Ragano run up and they're like, oh, I knew he would be here. And they say, Madam, he has killed himself by coming to see you. And that's when he takes his hat off and says, um, take a look at my bloody head. 
Now you see why I confessed. Yeah, she sees all these bandages and he says, hold on, I haven't finished telling you all the news of the city yet. And he says, on this day, Saturday the 26th, an hour or so before dinner, Cyrano de Bergerac was foully murdered. Pretty baller, huh? Extremely baller. Before dinner? That's what time it is. He said- Yeah, he's telling her the news. He's just saying, today, on this day, right now, at this time, he was murdered. He's still not quite dead yet. Roxanne's- Okay, Roxanne, just like you, she says, what does he mean? (laughs) And he's like, look, I always wanted to die laughing, cut down by an enemy's sword. And it's ironic that my death blow is- that someone, like some servant, hit me on the head with a log that they threw out a window. Like he didn't have a chance to fight back. He didn't have a chance to prove himself. So he says, now this is going to be... It was like a kind of a silly death. He has all his friends there with him. Ragano is crying, and Cyrano's like, don't cry, old friend. Tell me about the poetry you're writing now. And Ragano says, well, I haven't been writing poetry. I'm a lamplighter for the playwright Moliere, and he's stolen a scene from your play word for word, I'm, and I'm furious. I'm going to quit. Cyrano says, well, did the audience like it, though? And Ragano says, yes, they loved it. They laughed and laughed. And Cyrano says, well, that's good. My role in life has always been to inspire others. Because Moliere, he has the genius recognized by society. Christian, he had the good looks. And I'm the one who always has to hide beneath the balcony while someone else gets the kiss. And Roxanne is crying. And she says, Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Yeah, she says, You can't die, Cyrano. I love you. But he's dying. And she says, My whole life, I only loved one man. And now I have lost that man twice. And Cyrano, this is the point where he says, I can't die lying on my back. And everyone goes to help him. And he's like, no, all I need is this tree. Mm -hmm. So he like uses the tree to kind of push himself back up. And he's like standing up. He's this whole time. He's kind of going delirious. He's like seeing things. He's reciting like some little snatches of poems. He also comes up with like a poem that could be on his gravestone. Do you want to read it, Jackie? He says, so this is what should go on my gravestone. Philosopher and scientist, poet, musician, duelist, he flew high and fell back again. A pretty wit whose like we lack, a lover, not like other men. Here lies Hercule Savignon de Cyrano de Bergerac, who was all things and all in vain. Now that's sad. Yeah, so he says, well, my moonbeam, it's coming to carry me away. And he kind of, he faints a little bit, but then he stands up one last time. He pulls his sword out and he says, aha, I can see death is here. That skeleton, he's looking at my nose and grinning. And he's like kind of just talking. No one else is saying anything. And he's saying, what's that? You think this is hopeless? Well, very well. A man does not fight merely to win. It's better to know that one fights in vain. A hundred against one. I know them now, my ancient enemies. So now he's like thrusting his sword at the air and he says, falsehood, prejudice, compromise, cowardice, surrender. No, never. Ah, you too, vanity. I knew you would overthrow me in the end. So he's just like really swinging his sword really hard all over the place. And he says, everything, all of my laurels, you have riven away, all my roses, yet in spite of you, there is one crown I bear away with me. And tonight when I enter before God, my salute shall sweep all the stars away from the blue threshold, one thing without stain, unspotted from the world in spite of doom my own. And he lifts his sword and he jumps forward and then drops the sword and falls over into the arms of his friends. And and Roxanne kisses him on the forehead and asks what it is. And he says, my white plume or my panache. Mm-hmm. And then he smiles and dies and the curtain drops. And that's the play. That's it. Mm-hmm. 
So that's a pretty good ending. <sighs> yeah. Jackie teared up at work. I bawled for about 15 minutes. <laughs> Steven came in and he was like having a regular chat with me. And he looked over and was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm prepping for the episode. She's bawling. <laughs> She's bawling. <laughs> I'm bawling out. <laughs> I ball so hard. <laughs> I ball so hard. What the fuck is so you I'm guys hard? really got attached to Sierra now, it sounds like. Yeah, he's cool. He's awesome. He's the best boy. He's the best guy we've ever had on the pod. Sorry, Theo. Sorry, oh. male guests. Sorry, Mr. Robinson. <laughs> male guests. It sounds like, Theo, that you aren't moved at all by his death scene. It's touching. Mostly because you didn't realize it was a death scene. I mean, I knew he was dying, I, but I didn't understand what, I don't know, I didn't understand what was significant about, like, why it was so special that he was taking his hat off at that moment. He's showing her my gaping head wound. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> that's so disgusting. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm exaggerating, but his uh, we told you his head was all bandaged up. I feel and then like... Jackie said he put the hat on to cover the bandages. So when he removes the hat, you see, aha. If I were in love with someone, I wouldn't be like, ta-da, here's my <laughs> fatal wound. Yes, you would. A hundred percent you would. <laughs> Look at N- my not brain. Not if it's true love. If it's one of my friends, maybe. <laughs> you would do that but, to like, us? I, know, I, I absolutely know that would be traumatizing for the person, so I wouldn't do that. So you would traumatize me and Jackie? I mean... Well, for the sake of a good joke, Rachel. It's a good reveal. Like, come on, it's a good punchline. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So he says, basically, like, is it true you would have loved Christian even if he was ugly? Is it true you'd love him even if he was disfigured? She's like, yes, yes, yes. Even if he had a huge hole in his skull? Uh... uh well, that's getting weirdly specific. Like, even if he had his brains all mushed in and you could see them. Well, hold on. I don't know. <laughs> you know? No, his head was just heavily bandaged. Okay? She wasn't looking at his brain. Mm-hmm. I was exaggerating. No, he's so vain. He wanted everyone to see his brain. <laughs> yeah, and it right. Take a look at this thing. My best quality. At last, you can behold it. Yeah. All right. See, that's horrifying. I wouldn't do that to my true love. That's not what happened. It's not what happened. (laughs) But I would do it to you guys. I would just say, by the way, I have a head wound. You can see if you want. (laughs) You can see if you want. But it reminds me of the time when they were cutting a hole in my head and they said, do you want to see Who's it? They? And I said, yes, and it's forever scarred me. When I, <laughs> His true love. He's going to be a downer. When I had skin cancer and they were cutting it out of my head. No, no, but you said had, so it's an upper. Mm, yeah, it's an upper. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they were, they were doing it. You know, they had numbed the area, so I didn't re- – it felt just like they were just sort of scratching it. And you then said I didn't realize. I didn't realize what they were doing. <laughs> like, it was a secret. <laughs> it was just a secret. <laughs> hey, what are you doing with that knife? <laughs> uh, no, they uh, – uh, Oh, we're, ju- we're just slicing you a little piece of a cake. Really? Just like, <laughs> Really? <laughs> just like little layers or something is, is what it felt like, just like slight abrasion. And then they were like – do you want to see what we're doing? Want to see your brain? I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> they put a mirror up to my face. I had like a huge hole in my head. Oh, no. It's like traumatizing. I can every time I close my eyes, I picture it. No, not every time, oh, no. but like I can picture it vividly. It's like I don't know why they did that. I will forever. They asked you, and you said yes, you freak. But I didn't. He didn't know it was going to be that bad. He yeah, they knew they st- were cutting a chunk out of his head. No, I thought it was going to be like maybe like half a centimeter. They're just like scraping the outside, but it looked like. It looked like a hole in my head. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Did you see your skull? Yeah, I saw my brain thinking. It was like... <gasps> your brain was thinking, I hate this, I hate this. <laughs> yeah, my brain, yeah, yeah, all you could see was just like flashing lights, like, warning, warning, <laughs> don't remember this. 
<laughs> no, I couldn't see my brain. I don't think I, I couldn't see my skull either, but I saw some stuff in there. I was like, I didn't know that's what my inside looked like. Right, I didn't know there was that much meat there to dig into either. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Your head doesn't look like it would be that, that meaty. Yeah. It was like, I was surprised at how far they could go in. Without seeing brain. <laughs> yeah. Without seeing <laughs> my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So did you respond to that? Like, did you feel the need to be polite and just say like, Oh, cool. Or like, did you say, oh, no, that's horrifying. I don't think I even realized how horrifying it was. Like, I guess I was I was shocked. Yeah, I think I, w- I didn't really react much. I think I was just sort of... Like, they saw the shock on your face and like elbowed each other in the ribs and said, got another <laughs> got one. another one. Scarred forever. <laughs> in two different ways. Yeah. Man, I love it when wow. they get that look on their face. <laughs> All right, bandage them up. Yeah, we're going to have to put a warning a content warning on this episode about that it was fine for me i'm not grossed out at all we'll just say content contains head wounds or whatever (laughs) i'll talk for like one minute about the concept of panache real quick okay okay so literally panache means plume and it does come from like officers having these white plumes on their uniforms and the thing is it was a mixture because you know as de guiche knew it sets you apart as a target So, like, keeping your white plume white and, you know, shining and visible is a mark of saying, like, I'm being brave, even stupid. I'm willing to take the extra shit that's coming my way because of this. But it's, like, a sense of honor. But I got confused for a while because I thought the white plume was, like, a white flag, like, you're giving up. I thought he was saying, like, hey, look. No, that's that's the confusion. That's the problem is it gets translated either literally as a white plume yeah. or sometimes these days they'll translate it as panache, but that kind of loses the literal, literal interpretation. So the best thing, I think, would be to have an asterisk because – since it's a loan word into English and we use the word panache and it has like a very similar meaning to the colloquial way that the French use it, it makes more sense almost to just leave it as panache now and just say, by the way, this is the origin. So yeah. at the time that Rostand wrote this play, panache was like not really thought of as a good quality. It was like Mm. someone kind of being like a bold idiot for no reason. But because Uh of the play and making it kind of Cyrano's central quality, it's become... (laughs) Being a bold idiot became really fashionable. Yeah. It's become, you know, admirable. You know, it's now it's like, Mm -hmm. you know what? This guy, he died of a head wound and he was poor and he had no friends, but damn, that dude had panache, you know? (laughs) Like, it's something where you can say that. (laughs) I also, and this could just be me doing that thing that I tend to do where I read in some Mm -hmm. type of meaning that isn't correct, but I just like the meaning. So when he said my white plume, like, yeah, that means the panache. But I also feel like it could, in that sense, be taken as, like, you know, giving in or surrendering because he's giving in. But I also think it's a symbol for Roxanne because another time he says like, yeah, you're like the shining white gown and I'm in the shadows. And like he's referred to her multiple times as like this bright white light. And so I feel like that's, it is panache, but it's also like a couple of other things. Like it's got multiple meanings. I agree. The one thing I think it doesn't mean is surrender. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one I'm going to disagree with. Maybe not surrender. But like, but I do think it symbolizes other things, but it's like literally the opposite of surrendering. I was thinking of, of it more as like, like he doesn't give in to bad things. He's That's what he's saying. He's like, I'm. 
I the literally the only thing I have is that I don't give in. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> and I'll go to God and I'll say, yeah, the odds were against me and I didn't give in. Look, I kept my white plume clean and jaunty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never took it off. Yeah. Like capture the flag. I have the flag. So nobody captured it. I went down with the freaking flag. <laughs> also, do you think it can mean virginity? I don't think he's a virgin. Really? Zero? Actually, we left something out that we should have talked about, which I think is quite wonderful, which is Roxanne says to him, like, you know, your life was miserable and it was all my fault and it's all because of my foolishness, whatever. And he says to her, no, that's not true. Your friendship to me was just basically just as valuable as it would have been for us to be in a romantic relationship. I really valued it because you're the woman to me who, like— the reason I love all women is because of you. I didn't have any sisters. My mom thought I looked weird, and I was always scared that, you know, my mistresses would laugh at me or whatever. Every time they smiled, I thought it was hiding a— Oh, he references other? Huh. I mean, I think that's what he's saying. He's like, every time I, you know, I thought whenever they smiled at me, I worried it was a mocking smile. But because of you and your friendship and our wonderful relationship throughout our lives, you're it for me. You're my yeah. best friend. And that was also good. Aww. It's just like Jackie. You were giving her those compliments and she thought it was they were mocking compliments. I thought you were making fun of me every time you said something nice. Yeah. You needed a Roxanne in your I life. I really did. No, Jackie did. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, Roxanne definitely died a virgin, so I thought maybe it would be nice if they both did. It would be nice if she leaves the nunnery and hooks up with a librette or something. That's fine, too. That's fine, too. <laughs> I don't think she's—she's, she's like, living in the nunnery, but she's not a nun, you know? What? Well, he says, have you really been faithful this whole time? Be- and she said she has. No, Diggie said to her— You've really been in here this whole time and your beauty is wasting away. Have you really been faithful this entire time? And she says, yeah, I have. I don't think she took holy orders because she maintains a lot of – she has, like, earthly possessions the other nuns don't have. She has, like, a bunch of visitors the other nuns don't have. They talk about how she wears black and they wear white and it's just— Well, I'm not even saying necessarily that she's a nun, but I do think she— I think it would be great if she hooks up with Lebrette. That's all. She should love one man in her life and lose him three times. That's my opinion. Wait, but Ragano is nearly single. No, he's not. His wife left newly him 15 years after, ago. It's been 15 years, Theo. Yeah, it's a fresh wound. <laughs> they should comfort each other. Well, I just heard about it like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, the hot news on the street. Ragano is finally single. Line up, ladies. Yeah. What do you think would happen if like Librette shows up and now it's like 10 years after this? And it's, like, I was the one who told <laughs> Cyrano what to say. Yeah. Then he's like reading a letter from Cyrano about Christian. And then, and then she's like, wait a second. It was you. And he's like, no, no, no. It was, it was Cyrano. No, wait, no, seriously, it was Cyrano. Yeah, that would be yes, really every funny. guy. No, no, no. Here's here's what it should be. It should be like, oh yeah, Cyrano wrote all of Christian's things, and then at the end, Rostan comes in, and he's like, I wrote all of Cyrano's stuff. <laughs> I wrote this whole play. Yeah. I'm Cyrano. <laughs> and then the whole audience, everyone stands up and they say, No, I'm Cyrano. No, I'm Cyrano. And he's like, No, seriously, I'm the Cyrano. I'm the one. Not you guys. No, seriously, I'm yeah. Cyrano. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Let me just say something about this play. This might be uh, this might be my favorite thing we've read on the whole freaking podcast. Really? Yeah. And it's the first thing that you haven't read before, right? Whoa, that means that every book you haven't read is amazing. Yeah, that's that's exactly what that I means. I really do wish that were true. But no, this I don't like it more than like Pride and Prejudice, but I 
I'm going to keep I'm going to reread it probably pretty soon. It's really good. I really, really liked it. The poetry, like this translation, I'm so glad I picked it. The translation is amazing. Like, hats off to you, dead guy. You did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, Rachel. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent job. Yeah. I recommend Brian Hooker. If you speak English, check this guy out. He might not be dead. Who knows? Nah, he's probably <laughs> if dead. If you don't speak English, I don't know what you're doing listening to this, but. <laughs> Maybe they're learning English. Yeah. Well, either way, great translation. The poetry was good. I really liked it. I want to see it live. Okay. I think that the reason that he doesn't, that they don't confess to Roxanne, the reason Cyrano doesn't confess, I think it does make sense. I think if your best friend died or like one of your best friends died and you want to preserve his memory, you're like, if I tell her it was me, she's not going to love him anymore. And I don't want to risk that. I'm sure he just feels so much guilt because it's literally his love for Roxanne that made Christian go outside and get killed, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. Together they were the perfect man. Even at the end when he's dying and she's like, wait, it was you all along. He's like, no. You know, at that point I was like, why not just say it now? You know, like she already figured it out. I, I think he does have a point when he's like, you feel the same way about her that I do I'm just able to say it better. If I deserve her love, you do too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He doesn't think that Christian doesn't deserve her just because he can't, like, express yeah. it. He's like, it's just really unfortunate that nature made you this way that you're unable to express yourself. But it does seem like Christian didn't know her for as long, so could he have really loved her as much? Well, Cyrano was also her cousin, so should he have loved her as much? Well, that doesn't matter. There's plenty of cousin marriages that go very well. It's totally fine in a lot of cultures. What if that one-star review is from a per, like someone who's married to their cousin and they don't like that at the end of the last episode, I was like, Cyrano, I don't think you should be in love with your cousin. <laughs> I mean, cousin can actually mean a lot of things. I feel like there's honestly not a 0% chance that they're not first cousins, you know? I'm pretty sure they're first cousins. I've re- I read that they are first cousins. Uh, probably not. Uh, okay, whatever. It's honestly still fine. Um, We love love in all of its forms, y'all. No, but that was a good point. I mean, like, Christian didn't know her. He just saw her, right? Did he really love her? He just liked how beautiful she was. He was also shallow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cyrano hadn't been talking to her that much either. He had the the childhood experience, but then as adults, he didn't, it seems like he didn't talk to her much until she was like, let's meet up and talk about how much I love Christian. He didn't need to. He already knew. All right. Well, I loved it. (laughs) I think it was a great book for us to cover I'm into it. I'm going to read it again. I might try to make Steven read it, but I don't think he will. I want to see it performed live. I'm a Cyrano stan. This is the kind of thing that makes me nervous that the, yeah, this is the kind of thing that makes me nervous that the adaptation can't be good enough. You know, like, I I hope it will be good, but I'm like, man, what if it just doesn't do it justice, you know? I don't think it will be as good, but I think it'll be good. It's a musical, so you need to think about that, you know? Like, it's a different genre. That's a pretty musical play. I'm excited. It's the director who did the Pride and Prejudice adaptation that you like so much. Mm. So maybe you'll see some, like, hand flexing. (laughs) (laughs) Best scene in Pride and Prejudice. I know. That's what everybody likes when Mr. Darcy just kind of (laughs) vaguely twitches his hand. 
Oh, really? It's because he had touched her hand. Uh, As he's walking away, it zooms in on his hand, and he just goes. He just, like, flexes it lightly. Like he's imagining it. Oh, it, it. zooms yeah. in? It's very subtle. Not. It doesn't really zoom in. It, it pans it's not like a to, wolf. like, from <laughs> knees to chest and f- tracks him as he's walking, and you see the hand flex a little. Oh, that's nice. That's really <laughs> No, you see him, like, 500 feet away, and then it goes. <laughs> yeah, there's a sound effect, too. <laughs> and, and then you see his hand, and it goes. <laughs> as he's flexing. <laughs> nice. I know. What if it zoomed in on his hand and he was doing something else? Like, what if he was just like just giving the middle finger to the camera? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, J- Jackie just did a wanking did the jack motion. off motion. Oh, uh, Jackie. I did not admit it. No, I was milking a cow. You invented it. I invented jack it. Motion. Jackie, jack off. Makes sense. The, the evidence is all there. No, don't. That's not a funny joke. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving it. It's not a funny joke. Okay, so this is like the one, this is one of the books where I feel the most like I'm kind of pissed off that Theo didn't read it because it's got so much funny stuff. I think he would read it and be like, I want to set this to music. <sighs> I, I, I don't want to like dunk on our own podcast, but I do feel like we didn't. You just can't, you can't do a great job like explaining this. Like you've really got to just read it and experience it. And I think it would make an amazing movie. Jackie has a beautiful name, not a jack-off name. What? Jackie has a beautiful name. Stop (laughs) it. I know what you're doing now. I know what you're doing. Jack on, am I right? Rachel sounds like a robot when she does that. Well, the problem is Rachel just sort of says it while you're talking. She just says it. Well, she's going to change the subject. You need to type faster. (laughs) It was already off topic. Like, we had already moved on. Yeah, you should have typed faster and thought faster. All right, go ahead. You think it'll be a great movie? I think it'll be a great movie. I was thinking, like, Clearly, people love this play. Like, a lot of people consider it to be, like, the greatest play of all time. It is, I imagine, pretty hard to stage. I mean, you've got, like, the battle and all of this. There's a lot of little asides. But in a movie, you could do all that stuff more easily. I would hate to play Cyrano. That's what I was thinking. I would pull a rag and no if I had to play Cyrano. Think of all the lines. Yeah. But if you do it as a movie, you can just do a lot of cuts. So you only have to remember like one line at a time. Like one word at a time. Like one, one word at a time. <laughs> it's just changing <laughs> ang- camera angle. See, ra, no, yeah. da, ber, ja, rack. I, it would be really easy to be Christian. You could just be like, I, I love, I love you, love you a lot. Neck, I like that neck. Can I kiss that neck? And then every one of your lines, Cyrano is beating you. So easy. Yeah, Yeah, honestly, you could just do, like if you're doing it as a play, you could just do the whole thing in the dark and someone else could just read the lines off stage and just pretend it's you. To everyone, every single character for every play. (laughs) Let's Cyrano every play. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, we moved way past this topic, but for some reason it's still stuck in my head when you said Jack on. You know those like, clap lights from like the 90s where it was like clap on yeah clap like i started doing that jack on (laughs) jack off jack (laughs) jackie clap clap okay jackie don't make that it's a new theme of our podcast jack on jack off jackie jackie Mm -hmm. wait never mind (laughs) nope don't like that don't like that Okay. Uh, All right. Well, why is he laughing? Because he told me something to say, and then he said, wait, no, don't say that. What was it? Say it, Theo. You can't do that. I knew you were typing something. I knew it. Say it. it. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Ready? It can't be uttered aloud. I'm going to send it. Ready, Jacko? Mm hmm. (laughs) It's not a good joke, audience. (laughs) Just don't worry about it. It's like barely related. If you want to hear what the joke was, Listen to our Patreon. We'll say it. Yeah, we'll say it on the next episode. Become a patron. Yeah, we'll tell you. I'm serious. All right. Let's, Jackie and I have to go cry some more. Theo has to be like, what? 
He died? Some more. I would not forsake my tears with dribbling on this nose or whatever Serena said. I will not forsake with my dribbling tears on with dribbling nose. on this Profane. nose. Profane. I will be dribbling on my nose and my tears. They don't need to be involved. <laughs> you see, I could be Cyrano. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're so eloquent. That was beautiful. <laughs> I know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, We're audience. We're trembling with delight at how great that was. The bell in our hearts <laughs> is ringing. Theo, Theo, Theo. <laughs> okay, listen up, audience. If you would like to reach us, our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are at Fire the Cannon Pod. We have a Facebook group. Just search Fire the Cannon Podcast. I bet you'll find us. If you want to email us, we're Fire the Cannon Podcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear and you'd like to hear a little more, we're going to have another episode out, a bonus episode, I think before this episode even airs, right? Okay, Thea winked in a way where it seems like he won't. We have a lot already. I think we should have another one before this episode even comes out. So if you want to hear it, become our patron. Go to patreon.com slash fire the cannon. We've got all sorts of wonderful things for you to see and experience. All right. Why did you say that so sinisterly? We have wonderful <laughs> things in store for you. It's my uh, witch blood. It comes out at inopportune moments. Oh. Yeah, you've got to learn how to take a sinister compliment. Jackie's figured it out. Okay. Well, we love love in Whoa. all of its forms. Rachel just gave Jackie a compliment without needing me to supply her with the words. Yeah, I did. Never happened before. We've really achieved a lot of character growth on this episode. Okay, everyone. Even if you were hideous, grotesque, deformed, whatever, we would love you just like Roxanne would love Christian. We love love in all of its forms. Mm-hmm. Bye. We love you guys. See you next week. Bye. Say something, Jackie. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs>